And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. And here we are once again, weighing in, coming at you. Thank you very much to everyone, all you bitches listening to Josh and I. <laughs> we do appreciate it. You can catch us on YouTube. Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all those other podcasting platforms. When you get on any of those, especially YouTube, you know what? Hit that subscribe button. Give us the thumbs up. If you want us, give us the thumbs down. Do the one that's sideways, and I'm telling you where to stick it. And if you want to be part <laughs> of our group and get some of our very cool T-shirts, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com to get some of the cool T-shirts we have. When you go there, Hit the search with weighing in. There's going to be a picture of Josh and I. You hit that thing, and it's going to come up with four cool T-shirts that you can pick from. Buy one of those. Put it on. Send us a picture, and we're going to put that out on our social media to show all of you wearing our cool swag. How's it going, Josh? That's good. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> Saw you this morning at 3 in the morning in the lobby. That's it. 3 o'clock in the morning in the lobby. It's all good, man. Oh man, it was uh last night's show was amazing. Good fights. Uh, we have a lot of drama to talk about. Um cool. not just between the fighters, but just contract stuff for certain fighters. We've got also got things that we maybe potentially um could be seeing in the Bellator future for Bellator as well as the fights from the UFC tonight. They were actually very they were very good. Very Which fight, which fight tonight did you think was the best one? Um can you pull? Let's see. Let's pull up the card. From the UFC. Yeah, from the UFC. Sorry, bud. You can even go prelim wise. No, I, I would say it was probably probably was the actually it was the Tim Means fight. Oh, Tim Means fought Tim's really well. Feet, yeah, but uh, I can't even say his name. Say his name. Go ahead. I it is Steropoli. Steropoli. <laughs> Star, I don't know. Anyways, the guy. The guys. All, that fight was good. Came down Came from like, Argentina. Yeah, very good. Great fight. I thought um, they have a star in the making in Kevin Holland. The kid Boy. is absolutely just a savage, relaxed, composed, loves being out there. And I mean, we'll get right into the UFC, I guess, now. So we're talking about it, but it just yeah, abs about it. absolutely just I think he has the potential to be a star in the making. I'm not saying he's world champion. I'm not saying he's going to be. You know, he's got the personality. He's That's got it all thing. right now. He's I talking. Like he he's talking when he's in the cage. He's relaxed. He's calm. And yeah. Joaquin Buckley, the guy he's fighting, you know, we've seen him. He was in Bellator for a little bit. He's a he's a tough guy. He's got a big punch. And he came to fight. Yeah. But, you know, Holland was so relaxed. And that that's the big difference. You saw how one fighter being relaxed and one trying to throw heat with every shot. Yeah. You know, and trying to get inside. And he's got a huge reach advantage. You got to look at yeah. that length, man. That's tough to get inside, when, especially when he's throwing the teeps like he does and everything with the kicks because he, he changes things up. That variety makes him difficult to deal with. That's what made him the most difficult to deal with. And that's kind of what threw, that's kind of what got, got my attention for the evening was that the fact that he mixed everything up. When he dropped uh, Buckley in the first round with a straight right, straight right, I believe. Yeah, straight right. Um, when he well, I wasn't sure if he, I was thinking southpaw. That was one of those things. Yeah. Anyway, so he hit him with a straight, a straight shot right down the middle, sat him right to his butt. Uh, Buckley did a good job of recovering, getting back to the the single leg, kind of driving back up to his feet. But the whole that that whole 
his performance was dominant. Not only was it dominant, but he just was so relaxed. You got to remember what this is his second fight in what eight days or it was he was supposed to fight. No, was, he was supposed to fight. Supposed to. He, his fight, his got, fight got canceled against Giles. Uh, Giles. Giles ended up fainting right before he. But basically, he just had to relax this whole time. I think the rest he probably did better because he had that extra week of rest versus going hard, going back home and getting two weeks of hard training in like fighters do dumbasses that we are. Okay. We go back home. We're like, yeah, let's just fucking train harder and just pound our head against the wall, burn ourselves out, come to the performance and fight. And we're just not, we're a shadow of what we are. And, uh, I think I think he even talked about a little bit about how he just kind of just kind of kept in the groove of just doing a couple light things and and he said I felt great I felt amazing he looked amazing I gotta tell you like I, like I said I've said this a couple times already I think he could be a star he's a star in the making I'm not saying he'll be the champion I'm saying that he he has the potential to be a star okay I'm gonna go another direction then okay. I thought that Andrew Sanchez El Verte. Okay. Yeah, man, he looked good because, you know, we have always known him as a very good wrestler, a good ground attack, really good jujitsu. Yeah. But if you were good on the feet, and you could keep him from taking you down. He had problems. And Wellington Tournament is a good fighter. And man, Andrew Sanchez just blasted him with shots and he yeah. had good head movement. He was relaxed. He wasn't in that position in the stand up where you saw him. And he looked tense. He had his hands down at time. He's moving his head in and out. Throwing combinations, throwing beautiful counterattacks. Yeah. And man, he lit him up. You know, the best I've ever seen. Andrew Sanchez looked, looks like he's taking that next step. Learning, I guess, to try star. And that's good that he went up there. And yeah. It's a good, good place for him. Um, Dave, pull up the card again for me, please. But to me, to me, the fight of the night was Tim Means. I thought it was 1 1 going into the third. And then Tim oh, Means yeah. came out, had a dominant performance. It, his opponent came out, started off fast in the third. I was like, ooh, he's kind of, he looks fresh. He looks like he's ready to go. Big kicks, big punches. But then as the round went on, Tim just started implementing his game plan, his will, just kind of just started putting pressure, putting pressure. He's one of those fighters that will just continuously walk you down and make you fight under pressure. You may land good, clean shots, and he'll walk through them. Not always, but majority of the time he will. When he does, he's going to start touching you with his long limbs, long jabs, long kicks, push kicks, things like that. He's good, man. I mean. And he doesn't get tired. No. Damn. No. And he just continues on with that. He's got his comfort zone that he can run at that is just a little bit higher than a lot of guys. There's some yeah. guys that are at it. But, man, when he's in his comfort zone, he's able to just fight at the pace he wants and set those goals wheels in motion and just start bringing because you watch how he sets things up he loves bringing elbows up inside. he did a great job of that tonight whether he gets inside of the clinch breaking away from the clinch and he does it so well you know yeah. and he's frustrating because you 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 get hit by it and then it's like okay i can't let that happen again and then all of a sudden you're almost in that same position and it happens again it's like yeah. does he keep on pulling that off he really fought well am i mistaken did he used to try and fight at 155 yes okay but the, tonight was at 70, correct? Am I right? Yeah, today, today was at 70. I, he used to fight at 55. I yes. remember him being like, how in the fuck does this guy make weight at 155? Because yeah. he's like tall. He's got kind of a bigger body frame. When you see oh, him walking around. When he's 6'2". 6'2". And I mean, like when you guys when you guys at home, if you guys don't understand, guys like Nate Diaz are 6'2", 6'3", somewhere in that. I think Nate's 6'2". 
He's not six two. Yeah, he's six two. So six two. But you see, there's no muscle mass on there. That's kind of why he makes the weight. I feel like you know when he makes fifty five. But Tim though making fifty five. I mean, he just his broader shoulders. He has a bigger body frame than Nate, than than Nate does. And so he's got bigger legs. And yeah, hip and just ass. all that. I'm glad you're checking out his ass, by the way. I'm just being honest. You know? <laughs> it's all about the ass and hips, baby. Bigger hammer to drive the nail, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just when you when you compare the two to body style, like Tim's got the the bigger body frame, you can sell the thickness of the bones. And so when that all that stuff put together, I mean, I'm glad he's back up at welterweight. To me, Nate's got to put the muscle on to get to welterweight. And he's been trying to fight at welterweight, but most of his fights at welterweight, I don't think he's had too much success at welterweight. But what um, about Benil Darouche against Scott Holtz? That was a good fight, but it was one sided. Oh man, I was really surprised by that because Holtz has looked really good in his stand up. And I, I, well, I looked at it this way I looked at it going, I, I know both guys, and I, I really like both guys. And, uh, you know, but Neil used to uh, come to my gym all the time and enter tournaments and stuff. And then Holtzman lives here, you know, close to where I'm at. So I was able to talk to him. But, man, you look at wrestling-wise, Scott Holtzman's the better wrestler. Mm -hmm. Jiu-jitsu-wise, but Neil is definitely the better jiu-jitsu guy. And then you looked at the stand-up and you go, Holtzman's stand-up has come up. But Neil's stand-up under Rafael Cordero, you know, with King king's mma man it's really improved and, and now he's got he never had power and now he's got all this power he's hitting guys and you can see when he's hitting them he's hurting them so that has to do with a balance factor and moving your body and having the correct stance and everything but i actually thought that it, you know that you know the the striking will be close so it's a really a question of where does the fight end up but no you were right Benil just dominated the stand-up. He could not miss. Yeah. Everything he threw, he was landing. You know, and Holtzman's tough, man. He's got a chin, and he got hit with some big shots, some heavy shots. And that last spinning, I'd like to say spinning back fist, but I guess spinning forearm crunch. Spinning elbow back fist forearm, yeah. <laughs> Can you scroll down crunch. on Darius's uh, record? Okay, so look, I was kind of, I've, I've always been kind of a fan since the Edson Barboza fight. And, there, and here's the thing. To me, he was beating Edson up until that moment. It was close. I'm not saying he was running away with it. No, yeah. It was a close fight, but I close. had him when I was watching that fight. I'm like, wow, this guy, he's beating him. Uh, he's slightly, but not. he wasn't like taking over. It was close. It was a good fight. It was a great yeah. fight. It was actually a really good fight up until the knee. Um, I was a fan ever since then. I'm like, this guy's drastically underrated. Like, he, he's just, and then he had a couple little slumps in there with uh, Alexander he lost to. Which I think if you probably ran it back again, he'd probably beat him, uh, Hernandez. I mean, yeah. but who knows? I'd like to see that fight again. But then all the other ones, like the, he beat Drew Dober. Drew Dober right now getting a lot of press right Drew now. Do Drew Dober is on a streak, man. Tough Drew's hot as fuck. Right now. You know, he's really tough. You know, and yep. then like all these other but guys. Drew he, went. Go ahead. Drew what? No. Drew's doing great. Yes, he's doing go good. Ahead. So that, I, when you put those guys, he's beaten Drew Dober just recently in his last four, three fights. You know, and so. I think honestly, he's got to be somewhere in that that ten category, ten, eleven, twelve category now. You know, might have, coming in, he was what at fourteen, something like that. Yeah, and he just beat yeah. who, who, the guy he fought tonight was Holtzman. He wasn't. I don't, not I don't think Holtzman not was ranked. ranked. Okay. 
So I, I would like to see Dariush go up to like, you know, somewhere in that that nine ten area or maybe eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. Because I mean, realistically, he's he, when he fought Barboza, Barboza was in that five or six, I believe. And I, like I said, I had him winning the fight up until the knee. And I think the knee happened. When did the knee happen? The, the third? Beginning of the third? It's been so long. It's been a while. It's been I, a while. I don't remember so. if it was the third or the second. It was the second. It was the second. second okay. That's what I thought. What time uh, in the second? 3.35. 3.35. Okay. So, but I mean, up until that fight, up until that moment, it was a, it was a great fight, but I don't think a lot of people gave him a whole lot of chance. Maybe I was the only one that didn't give him a whole lot of chance, but I was like, oh yeah, Barbo's going to run away with this. Da, 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 da. I had never really heard of him until that fight. And I was like, oh man, but he, he impressed me every which way. He uses law. He throws nothing but power, even though you're saying he didn't have a lot of power, but he throws a lot of heat. Does now. A lot of hot sauce behind that stuff. <laughs> so, and Holtzman found out tonight. And yep. he, he kind of comes long range stuff as well. So everything is, even though it doesn't seem, it's hard to deal with someone in a scramble and you guys end up separating. You're trying to back away and you're away from your punching range, but he's not. He's not. And so he's touching you as you're backing out. And you're like, okay, I can't hit you, but oh shit. And you're you're circling out and you're still getting hit. And that's kind of where he was at tonight. He was still putting hands on Holtzman throughout the fight as they were making the exchange and exchanges. And when Holtzman would try to get out, it, he was still getting touched. And that just leaves a lasting impression also in the judge's eyes on where, you know, when the judges are scoring the round. I know that the first round wasn't close, but it was like, <laughs> yeah, Darius was landing like he was he was touching and touching him on the way out of the exchanges so had it went the whole the whole round i mean the judges would have given it to him anyways on a landslide just because every time in the judge's eyes it looks like you're winning the exchanges because you're the one landing the last punch he was definitely winning the exchanges yeah. the other one if you you look at that there was another fight gavin tucker but uh james the, the two canadians man I'm talking about two boys from canuck land canuck land Dude, that that was a hell of a fight, man. And it, there was a, I don't, I think it was the second round, where Tucker. man, you talk about so much going on and around. Where Tucker's, he's looking good in the standup. It's crisp. He's got beautiful deep kicks. And he's he's attacking the midsection and throwing beautiful combinations. And then he gets cracked by Janice, hits him, puts him down, goes after him. And then almost gets him with a guillotine attack. And that guillotine attack is so tight, and you're watching Tucker try to shake his way out of it. His his shorts came off. Got it. <laughs> it was awesome that the fact you know because it's one of those you're either going to tap or you're going to go to sleep. And he made up his mind, I'm not going to tap on this, and he got himself out. And then actually at the end of the round, had Janice in an arm triangle, and you're looking, you go. When you want to talk about, okay, hard rounds to start judging and stuff, watch that round. What a great round by both guys. And then uh, Tucker ends up knocking, uh, uh, getting rid of Janice in the third and stuff. Great, great victory. With a naked choke. Yeah. He hurt him with a shot and then gets the choke and stuff. So, and Janice was tired. You could see that he was tired. But man, really impressive performance by Gavin Tucker. Just looked good everywhere until he got cracked on the one and then almost submitted, but he worked his way out. Even had to take his shorts off a la Derek Lewis because his balls were hot, but not it. really because it was during the middle of the fight. So it was love really it. cool. I love really it. My balls fight. get hot all the time. As a matter of fact, they're kind of hot right now. Um, uh, yeah. uh, okay, so let's talk about the co-main and the main because that's what we skipped over. 
Chris Weidman. All right. Man, I, here, here was my impression of Chris because he had to win it. This was in, in his last six fights. He had one win. We talked about this, and I did that fight against Kelvin Gaslam, and he won with an arm triangle, and he's good with that arm triangle. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. I said, you know, Chris has got to get back to his roots. Chris started becoming a kickboxer. Yeah. The wrestling started to go to the side. And as soon as I saw him working to get takedowns right away, I was like, well, he's got the right mindset. He's doing the right things. But it's tough to get back to that wrestling when you have gotten into I'm going to be a striker and to get back into the wrestling because it's tiring. It's exhausting. And you got to get yourself in a certain type of condition. And it's, you know, this is going to be a grinding fight. So it's easier just to stay on the outside. So you got to, you got to tell yourself, I got to go through this. He became a complete mixed martial artist. And that's why he ended up winning that fight. It was his grappling that ended up winning that fight because he wins the first round, he loses the second round, and then he actually, you know, I would have given him a 10-8 in the third round based upon, he didn't do a ton, but he, there, he was working for a finish. That's what you're looking for, and you can see him trying to work for that arm triangle at a certain point. He's squeezing on it, trying to get him out of the fight, and he dominated the position with duration and trying to finish the fight. That was the 10-8 round in the last and you know, he, he made the statement, it wasn't a pretty fight. It doesn't have to be. It's a oh. beautiful victory against a tough guy. He was ranked. You're not. And now you're kind of putting yourself back. That was a good win for Chris. Yeah, I've Chris always Weidman. I've always thought that his wrestling was underrated. I mean, I knew he was a good wrestler. There was a lot of people that were talking for years about how he wouldn't be able to take Anderson Silva down, how he was going to lose to Mark Munoz. He went out there. And, I mean, he did. He performed very well back in the day. Okay. And then, he had, you know, had a, he had a couple bad fights. But realistically, what happens when they start having bad fights? They go from being champion to not being champion, and they start second-guessing everything they're doing. And then just things change. They start trying to make adjustments that are not working for them, and then all of a sudden, they don't work. They don't. It takes time to make those adjustments. It's no different than, like, when, say, Max went up to 55. You got to put the weight on properly. You got to take your time to get to that weight. Dustin Poirier talked about it. You know, I got to take time to get there. Same thing with Chris. He went up to 205, didn't have a good performance, came back down. Well, it's not really long enough to get up there. You know, you got to be up there. You got to you got to have you have to have two or three fights at that weight class. You know, but the problem is when you're already losing and you go up to 205, all oh, the weight cuts killing me. And then you lose there. Now you're second guessing everything that you're doing. Where do I go? I've lost at 205. Now, you know, like I've been losing at 85. Now he's back down to 85. I felt this way about him and I felt this way about Rockhold. The two of them both need to be at 85. If Rockhold does come back, which I'm hearing he's looking good, training's well, still going through some injuries that he's trying to get fully healed up, I would love to see them those two run it back. The thing with him is he belongs at 85. He has the body frame for 85. He does not have the body frame for 205. These guys now at 205 are fucking enormous. They're all John Joneses. That's what they are. They're all, what's his name? Uh, uh, Reyes. Oh, Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes. Oh, I call him Derek. Yeah, Dominic Reyes. Okay. Yeah, Derek Der- Lewis. Tonight, I mean, right. Santos is not a big guy, but he's thick and big. You know, like, holy what? Santos is not, not a big not, guy. How tall is he? Six two. Oh, he's not six four, but he's six right. two. Yeah, but I'm Wyman six two. I said, Corey I, I, Anderson, yeah, Corey, Corey Anderson, who just signed with uh, Bellator. Yeah, we'll get six, into that. Three and a half, six four. Yeah, we'll get into Corey. Calm down. Slow down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
But I, I think that it's best for him to stay at 85. And I agree with you 100%. He needs to get back to his wrestling. He needs to get on that wrestling. And like that's what made him so dominant. The one thing that he was so good at was that little snatch single to the dump. Yep. He'd sit you down and, man, he'd do some work on you. Elbows, submissions. Ch- that's why when people was like, oh, if he's going to get Anderson down, like I'm like, he can sub Anderson. You know, there was a threat. I think there was a threat for a knee bar at some time at the very in the first fight when he fought him, when he fought him. Right. Am I right? I think it was the first round. It was the first. Yeah, it was, it was the, the first, first round, round of the first fight of the first yeah. fight. He took him down. He got there. He almost got to a, a knee bar submission. Didn't get it. Got an exchange Whatever. They got back to their feet. But he blew his wad trying to get to that submission. And he looked tired at the end of the first. And we're like, oh, shit. And then the second round, he kind of he started off real slow in the second. And then he, it was able to get the finish. But. I think he belongs there at that weight class. I've, I've always thought that. I think him and the same thing with Rockhold, they stand out there. I think that they have the the ability to be champion there again. I don't know if Wyman can do it again because you have the younger generation. He looks slow tonight, but I think he just needs to get back into that rhythm of, I guess he move, he's moving to South Carolina. He's got a, he'll have a full-time coach there. He is there now. But like he can just get back into a rhythm of training full-time. His family's there, settled in. I think I, th- I think we could see another title run. I'm not saying he's going to be champion, but I'm saying we could see another title run out of him. You know, it's he's he's a tough dude. You don't, I really believe, like you don't believe me. You're like Josh. I, you're 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 no. I don't I don't think he's going to make a title run. No, I'm just being honest. Now. You think he'll get to the top five? No. Who's in the top five right now? At 185. Dave. Dave. Uh, you, Dave. You get. Try to stay Adas- with us, okay? Adesanya. Adesanya. Whitaker. Whitaker. I think Till is at number five. Tills he might have dropped out of that. I'd like to see Tills him in Till. Like Who's five? Till has five, yeah. And then oh, Till Joel, five. Though. Brunson. Yoel and Brunson. Let's see him fight Brunson. That's a good fight. He's already beat Gaslam. Gaslam's at eight. Let's have him fight Brunson. That's a good fight. Brunson looked good his last fight. I'm down. You want to do why you want to do him like that? You're no. down. Why you want to do him like that? I think like the till right? fight would be a harder fight for him. I mean, they both pose, they both pose threats. I, but yeah. but but with Brunson, he's gonna have a hard time taking him down. But, Brunson's got a gas but, yeah. tank, and and Weidman looked tired tonight. Yeah, well, anytime you're wrestling a lot, you're gonna get tired. That's part yeah. of it. Unless you you end up in the top position, he did go for a good submission. Yeah, you gotta you gotta admit. I mean, it was Paul Felder had a problem saying it was the Sulu of stretch, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, he tried <laughs> yeah, saying it, it was. He tried saying he tried it was like banana splits, a splayed all the well, best bits. I mean, I get it, right. but right. no big deal. I don't think but it was, was him good. that said it was the uh, Sulu of stretch. I think it was the commentator, and he said no, it wasn't. No, yeah, I think he was. He he was looking at it like he was going as yes. he leaned off to the side. Yep, that he was going to be going for a possible Sulu of stretch, and he couldn't remember the name. And then got into the splatal, and you you could call it a banana split. It's a stretch of the groin. But. Ladies and gentlemen, I will never use submission names on on live broadcast because you guys are ruthless. <laughs> they are <laughs> fucking ruthless. There's just no reason to. Hey, I'm gonna say half guard, guard, mount, K okay, submission. <laughs> he's gonna. Ladies go and gentlemen, the- I will say submission. Names, yeah, you're, you're supposed to know him. No, no, he's gonna just go. He's gonna he's attacking the arm. Oh look! He's oh, got nice. The, he's nice. attacking the arm. Yeah, he's attacking the arm with a arm bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> but uh, uh, I was very happy for Chris. Yes. And the fact that he came out and he, he got the takedown, got the position, 
in the third round when he needed it. That's a, that's a confidence builder. That helps. It's, a, it's just another step in the right direction for him. But I, I would like to see him not get put in with that upper echelon right now. No, no, no. Yeah, give him another fight, man. Sc- scroll down. Scroll down a little bit. Let me see who else is there. Tavares. I can see him fight Tavares. Yeah. Yeah. Tavares would know? be a good fight. He, well, he just fight. beat Arkhamedov. He just beat him. So he, that, he was number 11. So that kind of puts him at Uriah Hall, Shabazian. Okay. Him and Uriah Hall had previously fought in uh, Ring of Fire in New Jersey when they were both young fires, fighters. You could put them back. What about Shabazian? They both just fought recently. Yeah, but one's coming off a win and one's coming off a loss, and that is not the way the UFC normally does their matchmaking. They yeah. take people with losses and put them together because they want someone to come out with a win in their next fight. So. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I, I think, uh, I mean, realistically, that puts him right in that conversation now. He just beat number 11, so he's already at the number 10 now or number 11 spot. Yeah, but by, and that, that's the whole thing is by, Maybe by the next fight with whoever they give him, now he cracks into that, you know, top ten. Yeah, I think the Edmund fight would be good though. You're fighting someone like Shabazian. He showed that he needs to fight somebody with a little bit more experience. He just lost to Brunson, so if he beats Shabazian like how Brunson beat him, then that makes sense for them him to maybe fight Brunson next or to go up to the Darren Till area. Then after that. I don't know. Okay, I mean, but, if, but then if you're ruining you were, the career if you of were, Shabazian. If you were Shabazian's management which is ronda rousey and you watched him struggle with a guy that's a wrestler so you're gonna put your guy a young guy against a guy that is showing now again that he's back to doing wrestling yeah i would i would you would yeah because Derek brunson is a different right now confidence is different he's a different animal than 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 uh than why yeah and also too Wyman's without saying he's chinny. Just 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 make sure that you are never my manager. Yeah. yeah. Without he's, saying he's chinny though, he's <laughs> he, his chin's not what it used to be. No. So then like if you have someone like that's a good way to get your young fighter back on track. Like I just beat a former champion. I deserve to be here. And his wrestling didn't look it looked it was good tonight, but it didn't look like the old Chris Weidman wrestling. He's gotten older. You know, the takedowns aren't what they used to be. He's 36 years old. Shabazzian does have a good chance of beating him, you know? And so I, if, if I was going to match him up, I would probably, as a manager, I probably would to get my young fighter back on track and saying, like, look, he's back at 85. He, yeah, sure, he had a good fight, but it wasn't dominant. It wasn't great. Got to win. You know, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Chris, but. I guess it's in there somewhere, but because if you don't, if you, if you put him somewhere else, we're going to put him. You have to take him to Darren Till or Derek Brunson. He doesn't beat those guys. So you, where else do you take no, him? Okay. Now you're taking him up. Not only into the top 10, you're taking him in the top five. No, Brunson's number eight. Is Brunson seven. at eight now? Seven, seven now. Sorry. Seven. seven. So, okay. You know, and then you go, your right halls at nine. I mean, he There's just, beat, like I he said, just beat I like Akhmedov. I don't know, man. You're I think you're right. I think he loses to Uriah. The Shabazzian fight, it, ma- it makes a little bit for me, it makes a little bit more sense. I mean, that maybe not, for, I guess, maybe not for Shabazzian, but, <laughs> uh, but still, it'd be great. I, I, I think in that that conversation, I think Uriah, the speed is kind of what he's gonna have a hard time with is uh, Weidman. You know, Shabazzian is not super fast, he's in front of you, he's able to be taken down, but he's also he's got big hands, he's got a good combination, he's got, he's got good stand up, he's got that. Uriah, I think, is just the notch above 
that like speed and area. So Uriah is also fighting Romero in two weeks. Oh wow, he's fighting yeah. Romero in two weeks. I, I I don't recommend him fight either either one of those guys. So <laughs> let's just let's just skip them and go right to Shabazz. Yeah. Um, I could see maybe Darren Till, but that's like that's top six. It's a little shaky there. Um, okay, main event. Interesting, actually. You know, I I really like what I heard out of Derek Lewis, man. I, I can tell you in being in the ring with both of those guys, Derek Lewis hits as hard on the ground. And you know, we we've done studies with punches and elbows and hammer fists, and people have no concept how hard a hammer fist actually lands. The amount of torque and pounds per square inch of pressure that it creates. And I've never seen anyone on the ground that hits harder than Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, when he when he gets you on the ground, starts opening up with shots. Man, you can hear him land, and you you can feel the impact. And you go, oh. And he landed. You know, he did good in the first round. I would have given the first round to Olenek because he did have the Kezakatami. He had the neck crank. That neck crank was tight. It was hurting. It was it was keeping Derek from being able to breathe. Okay, is I give Derek credit that he, oh, yeah, trust me. He even said it. He even said it. I couldn't breathe. What does that mean to you? It means that his face was in his armpit. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I mean, like you get the little chubby part so, of the, the so you, arm. So, gets you're, in so the... you're trying to say he didn't want to breathe. Though. No, just, yeah, I wouldn't want to breathe it, either. Like, if you get a guy that understands how to apply yeah. that crank from Kezakatami and you allow your back to get flat, on the mat it's painful it's uncomfortable yeah you know? and so you know he had the, he had the closest that you would say towards going towards the finish in the fight but you know that that little finishing in the first 21 seconds by Derek lewis that's what he does when he hurts you he finishes guys fast oh, yeah. yeah and then you know he says he's gonna you know he's getting in better shape i love the fact that he will go for flying knees he's athletic Oh, yes. You know, people look at him and you go, you you think, oh, he's not an athlete. He is a good athlete because he's fast. For a big man, he can move. And, you know, he jumps around trying to land flying knees and stuff. That's a whole lot of weight coming in in on you when when it jumps. So, you know, if he gets down to 250, I don't think he's going to lose a whole lot in power and stuff, but I think he's going to feel so much better and feel like he can go in a fight because I will give him credit for a lot of it. He got caught in transitions where he didn't understand how to stop what Olenek was doing, okay? And he got caught being, you know, taken out of it. But he got himself out a couple times, too. And so he's showing improvement even with his ground and the understanding of his hip position and the balance points and where he needs to post his hand. It's all coming, just going to take some time. He just seems physically stronger than almost any guy he fights. I think he is. He's just but, like, I mean, the way he flung Olenek off of him, like the one, there was it, one, he just like threw him. I'm all, what in the fuck? Just tossed, tossed him like he was a Frisbee. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow. Um, he is get, It looks like he is getting in better shape. He wasn't yep. huffing and puffing, putting his hands on the knees at the end of the first round after being squeezed to death. I used to train with this guy named Ray Roth. He was an NC2A uh, national champ. I want to say once or twice. I can't remember. Um, in, anyways, 
he used to do the same exact move. I don't know what you call it. The Kugigami place, whatever. Kazakatami. Yeah, that's what I said. Scarfold. How's that? Does that yeah, make it better it, for you? Basically, that's why arm. you're not going to name those things on yeah. broadcast. He gives him. He gives him the. Give. I just call it the head and arm, and <laughs> just he gives him the head and arm squeeze. We just call it the Ray Ross squeeze. But anyways, yeah, he would just get in that head and arm position, and he would just kind of tilt back and squeeze the head. In wrestling matches, guys would just be like, they would try to put their shoulders on the ground so they could breathe. Yeah. And then uh, he did it in MMA fights. I want to say he won probably, I think out of his like seven or eight fights, he probably won five of them by that squeeze. One guy shit himself. So I'm not kidding <laughs> you. He, he, oh, sque- no, I, I, he squeezed happened. him so hard. They got in the shittiest part, no pun intended, <laughs> is the guy was wearing white shorts. He had to slide out. Oh. Of the, he had to slide out of the ring, like kind of like sideways. <laughs> And they just kind of like ran to the back area. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for the guy. But yeah, that was like his move. And I was seeing, I was watching it tonight. I'm like, it's kind of hard to get, I think, on a guy that's that physically, that much physically stronger than you. Because all he's got to really do is frame away your face, right? And then like try to kind of turn your hips a little bit to get some breath. As you know, there are certain people, everyone's got a different squeeze pressure. Yeah. And I will tell you that Olenek has Man, he's got a squeeze. Alexi, yeah. when it comes to understanding how to get that squeeze and when he applies it, I think, in fact, uh, Paul Felder was talking about it when Dan Hardy allowed him to put the Ezekiel on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he about put Dan Hardy's trachea through the back of his neck. <laughs> you know, Dan's also you know, tapping and you go, that's the kind of squeeze that some people yeah. have. It's true. You know, and, and everybody's got a different one. And you all of a sudden you'll read and And you can see when... When Alexi is applying that scarf hold and he's, he's going for that crank, see how his hips are not on the ground. He's utilizing his legs to create another point of pressure. Hmm. Man, that dude's, I can tell you, when he, when he fought Travis Brown, I went to break his squeeze and it was like, holy shit. Man. Yeah. I mean, he was squeezing him so hard. I had to yank to get his hand you know, off of his other hand. Man, he is, he's strong and technically in that submission game, he's good. Where does Derek go from here? Uh, you know, they made, I want to say they made one comment. I like Brendan Fitzgerald. He said he's the biggest puncher in the UFC. No, he's not. Yeah. Maybe on the ground he is, but there's, you forgot this guy named Francis. Okay. That's your biggest puncher. That's the guy that puts everybody out. Yeah. Standing up and everything. But he's right. He's one of the biggest punchers and he, he's one of the best. I, I don't want to say prospects for the heavyweight division because he's not a prospect. But people like watching Derek Lewis. They yeah. like his personality. They he's like the way he fights. They, he is absolutely going to be there for a while, and he's a star. But if he the, uh, if he does what he's talking about doing about getting in better shape, taking care of his body better, and like you said, getting around, getting down around two fifty. Yeah, I think he's going to be hard to beat if he can learn a little bit better wrestling defense. A little bit more in the wrestling. There you go. I mean, here's the thing with the guy that has that much power. And then when they're not as concerned about being tired, they that's scary. I mean, you see it all the time. Francis Ngannou, now that he is not as afraid to get tired like he did in the Stipe fight, once he's not afraid to get tired, he's going to be nasty. I mean, he's already nasty, but I'm saying it's gonna it's that's what you have to deal with. And now if you have Derek Lewis get in a little bit better shape, get his weight down, and not be as afraid to get tired. Oh man, the sky's the limit for both those guys. I mean, France's been waiting around for a title shot forever because DC be fucking holding up the heavyweight division and shit. But <laughs> <laughs> that's settled next week. So yeah, right. yeah, we'll get on with that. And then, but I mean, 
you know, outside of that, it, it's it's hard because Curtis Blades. I mean, the wrestling, I think, would probably end up beating Derek. That that's that's a, that's a hard thing. matchup when you look at. But, I mean, I like to see I like to see Derek Lewis and Francis Gano go again. But then I know Francis, he's like he's already. No, I don't Derek. want to see that again. That was yeah, I know it was bad. I well, get it, but I think they're both well, different people now. You would have thought it was going to be just a just a barn burner. But nope. Nah. Has has, has Derek fought uh, Rosenstrike? No. That might be a fight. Then maybe Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck. Yeah. Uh, that might be a fight leading up to it. But look. Uh, yeah, but he's he he's fighting next week. Is he? Yeah, Rosenstruck is fighting. He next just got week knocked out a, by uh, the undercard. He got knocked out by, by Ngano. Yeah, that was a while back though. But yeah, yeah. he did. Um, look, Derek Lewis is a star. I don't care how you put it or whatever. He's a star. He's just people love his energy. They love his charisma about him he's just got a smile did you hear him in his interview no he gets, gets the headset on they put the headset on and he's like, I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's, it. that's why he gets out of there oh, man. that's what happened to trevor prangley did that one time he was uh in the middle of fighting somebody who was the god man it was a really like strange kid from uh team quest up in oregon god he used to always walk around with the bible in his hand horowitz Horowitz, yes. Trevor fought him. That horror. Boy, poor Trevor. Trevor fought him. And Trevor. Horowitz, Horowitz stunk as bad as Matt Lillard. He was actually worse. Trevor submitted him in the third because he's like, he's like, at the end of the second, he's like, I had to fucking take a shit. He's like, so I went out there and fucking did whatever I could to fucking get him out of there with a submission. Yeah. It was, it was a decision, actually. Oh, it was a decision. Okay. So as soon as the fight ended, he didn't even wait for his hand to be raised. He fucking just ran to the bathroom to go take a shit. Trevor did. <laughs> He's like, fuck. Yeah, it was one of uh, those fights. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what where they put him in that whole next conversation, DC and Stipe fight next week. I mean, let's talk about that real quick. What do you think? I, you know, I, I, can, I can give you my prediction okay. after they weigh in. Oh. Because that's going to tell me everything. I, I got to tell you guys, I know that DC is the better athlete. Ah, here we go. But no, no, no. Let's not even, let's not even get an athlete thing. Let's not even get Please an athlete not, thing. not, because it's just not true. It is. Go ahead. God, you're damn lying. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Next thing you know, he's saying DC, like Olympic wrestlers, is just as bad as curling, that type of stuff. Calm down. <laughs> did you just say, did you just say DC as an Olympic wrestler is as bad as curling? Is that what you just that, said, Josh You're trying Thompson? to compare it to that last are you time. Doing, That's are how you, bad you were. Are you telling That's, me that you're saying that DC, an Olympic wrestler It's so sad that they haven't replaced his... His photo on Sherdog is still a Strike Force photo. How bad is that, Sherdog? Get your shit together, guys. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Update these guys' photos. Um, look, I'm nervous. He's you should be. 41 years old. I mean, after talks and conversations, I mean, he had let himself get so far out of shape that the first, you know, four or five weeks spent in camp was to get his weight down so he could get through two to three training sessions a day. I'm nervous. I got to tell you, I'm nervous, man. Do I think okay. he has all the tools? Yes. Do I think he can beat him? Fuck yeah, I think he can beat him. He already did. Well, there you go. I just, I get nervous. Here's the other thing, though. Stipe looks a lot leaner than he did his last fight. So even though he looked, the first fight, he didn't look as lean, right? That's when DC knocked him out. The second fight, he looked lean. He looked like, he, okay, look, I had a good camp. He's on task. He knew that I think the speed, He's going to try to match the speed, which he was able to do in some scenarios of the situation. 
This time, though, I'm seeing pictures of him. I don't know if it's because he has longer hair. Maybe, no, you know, he's got the quarantine haircut. No haircut, I should say. But he looks lean. Like, lean. He looks, I don't want to say ripped because heavyweights very rarely they look ripped. But he, he looks good. That's yeah. making me even more nervous. <laughs> it's making me even more nervous. Well, um, that what, what I say, I'll give you my prediction when it comes to the scale. Yeah. And that's the whole reason why. If, it's gonna be if DC comes in anywhere mm-hmm. in the 250 range, I'm going to lose that fight. He's going to, unless he can get Stipe out the first round. 242. 236 is where he needs to be. Yeah, he likes to fight at 238. Yeah. Like I said, 236 is where he needs to be. Kane likes to be at 238, 241, somewhere in that range. Usually 238. He likes, Kane said he likes, Kane likes to be at 238. DC likes to be at right around the 238 as well, 242, somewhere in there. Um, Here's my concern. My my concern is that he got himself too far out. He only got in shape. I mean, he's been in shape, but like he wasn't able to really because he was fo- so focused on worried about getting his his weight down. For the last two and a half weeks is when he's really been able to get into his camp. So two and a half weeks of being able to get fully into your camp that scares me a little bit. Now yeah. here's the thing. The other thing that scares me is the wrestling. I know he can wrestle. We all know he's a better wrestler, but. Are you going to force the t- you what? tired? And at 41 yeah. years old, it's harder to recover. But are you going to try to force the wrestling so much that you make yourself tired? And we've seen this before with a lot of guys. You know, I mean, uh, what's it called? Luke did it with block alerts. He tried. He kept trying to take the takedown, get the takedown, get the takedown. Didn't get it. And he just got gassed out. Next thing you know, you're getting knocked out. You know, I mean, those type yeah. of things, they lead to like just frustration. It leads to your shoulders and your hands getting tired. So then your heart, it's hard for you to keep your hands up. Uh, your reaction's not the same. All anytime, those things. Anytime your heart rate is elevated to a point that you are in a struggling situation, mm-hmm. you're not going to react well. Yeah. You know, because everything is, is not the way it needs to be for you to function at that top level performance. Yeah. If DC gets to that point with that heart rate, if DC's heart rate gets into the one sixties, he's going to start having a problem. Yeah. And it's not hard for his heart rate to get there. No. Now he can do things to keep it down. He can keep it down to one fifty five. We one fifty, and he's going to perform. As soon as it gets into that one sixty range, the wheels are going to start wobbling, man. Mm. You know, and then if it gets elevated past that, they're going to start really coming off the cart fast because. At the age that he is, carrying the weight that he's carrying, you just can't recover in the same fashion as you did as a younger athlete. It doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but here, it's not like Stipe is a young chicken. No, not a young chicken. But I I will say this about Stipe. He's a well-preserved chicken. He doesn't go, he doesn't bounce. He doesn't go way up in weight, then way down and way back. He, he does things right. You know, Stipe is, he's mom's home cooking. And, you know, that's what he is. He's the guy that, you know, it's good. It may not be freaking, you know, Chef Gordon Ramsay, like, special, but it's fucking good. And, and so you don't always need that fanciness. You just need solid. And, and if there's one thing that I go off of, you know, and we've talked about it too many times. When you find a way to beat someone, all right, 
they've got to find a way to stop it. And Stipe found a way with Cormier last time. And he's going to go to that that thing often and early and often. Early and often. And, Here's and, the problem with going to the Dan's body. Gonna, go ahead. What it is it the leaves problem? Your, with it leaves your chin open a little bit every once in a it, while. It can. And we've seen you DC know, has got the power at the heavier weight to knock him out. DC's got power when he gets inside in the clinch because that's where he's able to. His hips are so he's so strong. Oh yeah, you know he's strong. I know he's strong, and he's able when he, he gets that single collar tie and he moves you. Yeah, you know that's where Stipe needs to avoid those positions. You know, Dan knows what he needs to do to win, and Stipe knows what he needs to do. They have both beaten each other, and there's reasons why those happened in both instances, but. If you look at the difference in their wins, you look at that first fight and you look at the knockout that Daniel landed, okay? Can it happen again? Sure, it could. But it's something that you can, you can keep yourself out of that type of situation pretty effectively and pretty easily based upon, okay, I, I can't be there with this guy. Yeah. What happened to Daniel is a different scenario. Daniel got tired and beat himself yeah that's that's what way. that's what makes me think he's in gonna win this fight is that yeah. he he got he fell in love with the first fight he fell in love with the headlines he fell in love trying to knock him out he fell in love with thinking ah i'm winning the feet i'm winning on the stand-up which he was winning the fight but he was he was landing big shots yeah he was land but then and as that fight goes them, on one of them was doing anything to stipe to get rid of him. no no yeah I mean, there was a couple they kind of you know but yeah i get what you're saying i get what you're saying um I'm excited for the fight. <laughs> I'm really excited, man. I am I'm, too. It's going to be a good I, fight. I look at it this way, and I, I, and this is people are going to chew me up for this. For whatever reason, I don't know. The UFC seems to not like Stipe as their champion. I can tell you why. Go ahead. Because it, <laughs> because he's negative Nancy. When he went, when before he got his title shot the first time, it was like, Whoa, I deserve a title shot. I deserve, and as a promoter, you're like, I don't want to fucking build this guy. All he does is whine and cry about getting his title shot. Then he gets his title shot and he wins the title. And then he doesn't fight for a while. Like he went, I want to say he went like a year without fighting. And there was like a little no. bit of, yes. What are you talking about? There was he a while. Anyways, okay. Was, so let's find the bug. So let's go and look at it. Okay, let's take a look. We think we went through this already, right? He doesn't fight that. He did fight that often. He fought more. But I'm saying, like, when we got into this, he what he he was complaining about not getting the respect that he deserved. Okay. That. How many guys complain about that? How many? Come on. Here's the thing. You're the champion. What are you complaining about? (laughs) You're the fucking champion. Why are you complaining? You know. I mean. Because champions feel like that they are in a position where they should be getting the things that other people are getting. Winning solves everything. Keep doing what you're winning. And keep that. doing what you're doing by winning and no one can deny you of the things that you deserve. That's I'm it. the champion. How is that guy who's not the champion getting these things? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Stop whining about it. I, I agree with you on Stop that. Stop whining about it because here's <laughs> the problem. If you want those things that that other guy's getting, go to his social media platform and figure out what the fuck he's doing that's getting people to like him. Okay, and a lot of what DC does is no secret. He's Mister Positive, and when he's what are you not, talking about? Everyone hated DC. For everyone how loves long? DC. Everyone no, 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 loves no, 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 no. I, I'm not saying now. 
they've they've turned the corner and they should. He's a great guy. I'm not yeah. not saying anything bad about Daniel. Him. No. Yes. How many people? God, come on. They've How many times have you him. seen people? Dude, they, you're they, so wrong. They loved him when they used you to. You are so wrong. They loved him when they when he called uh, John Jones out on ESPN, fucking being two faced. He's like, yeah. "How the fuck do you turn this on? You're a fucking pro at this. You're just so fake. Like they, that's when people. That. That's when people started loving DC. I, I said they they turned the corner on him, and and all of a sudden now people love him, and they should because he's a great guy with a great personality, and he's. He's good to everyone, mm -hmm. except maybe John Jones. I mean, it's uh, and even he's still nice to John Jones now. He still says, "I wish he get his shit together." <laughs> I like what he's saying. He still kind of sticks up for him a little bit here and there. Um, look, people like him because he's a good commentator. He's he's got an infectious personality. I got and I tell I text him every once in a while, and I tell him that I'm like, dude, I I, I text him when he's when he's on live on air. I'm like, hey, you're doing a fucking phenomenal job. I'm glad you've been watching John, John and I uh, do our commentary. So you're taking tips from us and doing a good job. I, I've told him this. I'm, I'm like, hey, I text him all the time. Stop fucking rinse and repeating what I say on my broadcasts for our shows. Then I hear yeah. him using it. I'm like, DC, stop using our stuff, man. No, it's uh, it's good, though. It's fun. It's fun banter back and forth. And uh, sure. But he that's one thing he does. He knows how to and he and I've said this before. He plays both sides. He's the guy that is the company man. He likes to say shit that he knows is not true, but only because it is a company. He likes to run the, he likes to tow the company line. The Stephen A. Smith shit. Oh, dude. He, was, he just he went on, on uh, you know, the Stephen A. stuff. And he'll go on to, if something was said bad about Ariel, because he does a show with Ariel, he'll fucking stick up for Ariel because, you know, he does a show with Ariel. He's that kind of guy, you know, and whether he believes it, I'm not saying he doesn't, I'm not saying he has anything bad to say about Ariel, you guys. I'm just saying whether he believes it or not, he will fuck if someone says something about it, whether he believes it or not, he will toe the line because that's the kind of guy he is. And he's a nice guy. He's a great guy. He's a positive energy around, very infectious personality. Stipe, though, on the other hand, he has his moments where he, he is positive. Hold on. Hold on. Let's take a look at Stipe. Stipe. Uh, let's see. Positive guy. Community worker. Fireman. Helps people. Mm -hmm. What the fuck more do you want? People hate that. <laughs> people hate that i gotta tell you man look at the look at the uh, fucking the culture man. we're living in right now people hate positive shit <laughs> if you do public service they're like man you're the enemy um no he's realistically crazy yeah they are with him though like he had he had a run there where he was upset a lot where he wasn't get the respect you know and that that i think was a, that was a big portion of people didn't want to tune in to listen to negativity you know, I mean, the heavyweights are, should be a big draw. He just was never a draw. Just Here's the thing. If you don't believe me, you guys, and you guys can say I'm bagging on Stevie, I'm not bagging on him. If you don't believe me, why are they giving DC a fucking title a shot? They, a guy no. they know is going to leave. He's going to leave. How much does the, the promotion not like you to give a guy that you know is going to retire after he, if he does win the title? It's just going to leave it vacant and make you fight for it again. That's how much you are not marketable. And it's not, a, I'm not taking a dig at him. I'm simply saying from a business point of view, I'm being honest with everybody. It's true. You're giving a guy a title shot that's going to leave, win or lose. He's going to leave the show. He may leave with the title. And they're going to make you fight for the vacant title against somebody else. That's how much they do not like you. I can understand why you're upset. You're not getting the respect you deserve. This is a scenario where you should be like, yeah, no respect right now. 
None. 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 But none. Yeah. He deserves. He look at. He deserves respect. He's a good fighter. I'm not saying he's not a good fighter. I, I I'm not saying that you guys. I'm not saying. I think he is a good fighter. I think he's. A, I think he's a great fighter. Not a good okay. fighter. He's a great. There fighter. you go. He's a great. There fighter. you go. Yes. Do, do I think? Uh, I think. I think. He's got his hands full. It's gonna be. Oh. I'm excited to see this fight. Okay. I'm excited to see who else on that card. By the way. I thought it was a stacked card. Maybe I was wrong. Jim Miller is back fighting again already against Vince Bichelle, the guy that oh. I started. But that's that's actually a good. I think that's the uh as they do, you know, because they have the pay-per-view and that's the yeah. that's the prelim main event as they call it, I guess. So that'll be a good fight. Because both of, in fact, both of their last opponents were was Roosevelt Roberts. Both of them beat Roosevelt Roberts. So. I have not seen Dotson in I don't know how long. Yeah. John Dotson. He's fighting, I can't even say it. Marab. Marab. Uh, I, can, I can say I can say Marab. <laughs> Navalishi. Va- yeah, whatever. Navalishi. Um, yeah, so him. <laughs> yeah, Marab Davalishi. Um, Who's a man? That dude, that dude's a world one. And you talk about a wrestling. I mean, a guy that just is a grinding, go after it wrestling dude. That dude's got a motor. He is tough. That's gonna be a tough fight. And then Junior Dos Santos is fighting uh, Rosenstruck. 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 Yeah. So that's uh, that should be good. That should be a good fight. What do you think? I get. I hate to say it. I give it to Rosenstruck. But he's coming off a knockout. Lost. Yeah, he is. I know, Confidence but you know what? Key. Yeah, I know, but it all comes down to Junior's been touched too many times. Yeah, and now and now just semi hard shots tend to start to make a dent in him, start to crack him a little bit, and he starts to have problems. So, I mean, I your boy, look, Kane, Kane is the reason that Junior yeah. has never come back yeah. with what he wants. Yeah, those I mean, those, those beatings, those those affected him forever. Yep, just nasty. Just oh, ugh. yeah. The, the second and third. Not only third nasty, fight. long. Yep, yep, long. Did you horrible. referee? Did you referee either one of those? The only one I ever did was the one the junior. Oh, the nineteen second one. Oh, 29 sixty four. So. Okay, well, he lasted sixty four. Give him. He got over a minute. Come on. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, the the probably the other best fight on this card is the Sean O'Malley and Chito Vera. Oh, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. Chito huh? Vera is a good man. He's he, Chito is Marlon Vera is a good fighter. He's good everywhere. But this, he's long this, this too. Is, and this is going to be a good uh, measuring stick of exactly where Sugar Sean is at. Yeah. Does Chito have a loss? Six of them. Oh yeah. He just lost zero. it. He just lost his last fight. Who was his last fight against? Did he lose? Yeah. I thought he won. Yudong Song, your favorite name. Yudong Song. That's dong, it. Dong, that was song, a close dong. fight. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people thought that you know Vera won that fight. Yudong Song, I think, got the split decision on it. Unanimous. Unanimous. Was it unanimous? Okay. Well, Cheeto's tough. So, yep. and the, he's long as well. And we're going to see this is a big step up for Sean O'Malley. Big step up. I don't know. These ready? Yep. I watched that kid. 
You think he's going to be a I star? I like that kid. He's already I kind do. of a star. I think he you, is you think a star he's, already. You think he's going to be a champion? I think he's going to definitely be Scratch in a position this. where he will be fighting for the championship somewhere either at the end of 2020 here or early 2021 you're going to see O'Malley in a championship fight. Pull up the pull up the that division. And is it 35? Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's 35. It's 135. Yeah. No. Bantamweight. Bantamweight. There you go. So, there's your champ. Let's see. He beats Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll say so he beats Your champ is Peter Yan. Okay. He beats Rivera. He beats Aldo. I think he has a tough time with Aldo, but I think he beats Aldo because of the length. Um, we saw it's basically if if he fights a very similar fight the way the way Max fought Aldo, he has a good chance of winning them, beating him. Um, Pedro, I haven't seen enough of Pedro to be honest for me to say like okay. he could beat him or not. Maybe you can give me some insight on that. What do you think? I I'll tell you what, Pedro. Where I look at the difference. O'Malley's good on the ground. He's not as good on the ground as Pedro, if you're going to say technically. But he'll last and he'll stay with Pedro on the ground. Mm -hmm. I think the difference comes in the stand-up. He's got such length. Pedro's got to make moves to get inside to land his hands. And right now, O'Malley's got it down where he understands distance and controlling the distance and the subtle little movements that he needs to make both in and out Give me an inch. I'm going to take two. You're going to. I'm going to land this. I'm going to move you into my power. He's doing all the right things in his stand-up. And so I look at him fighting Pedro Munoz. I think he beats Pedro Munoz. Okay. You know? What about Corey Sanhagen? That's a different element. Corey, based upon, you know, he's got good stand-up too. And he's long. He, he's, he's remarkably long for that, yeah. that weight. So that one, you know, it might end up being it goes to the ground a little bit different. But I'm not saying that O'Malley he could he could he could lose to Sanhagen, but he could definitely beat him. And it's the same with Aljamain Sterling. You know, I think they match up really well. I think Aljamain has his strengths, and I think that uh, O'Malley has his strengths in that in that position. So he's right there. If you and put you know, all it takes is getting another win get this win against Vera. Yeah. now get one more and now the confidence of this kid is going to yeah. be sky high and he's going to be hard to beat i say that i agree with you but here's the problem during those two more fights against guys that are upper you know up uh upper echelon yeah. of competition they're going to start to figure him out a little bit in these things. And those guys that are in the top, you know, three or four, they're going to start figuring out what's working and what's not. And they're going to start utilizing that as he, by the time he gets there. So he needs to make sure he doesn't expose himself too much in that process of getting to the top. You know, he's got to continue to get better as he is, which I think he will. And the confidence will build Corey Sanhagen, I think poses probably the biggest, biggest one threat. of the biggest threats because of the That's length. A big threat. Because yep. when you look at guys like Sean O'Malley, who are used to like John Jones, that were used to getting away with using their length and their reach against all the shorter guys. And then when he fought Gus, it didn't work so well. So there's things that guys are used to dealing with that they just they have to make the they have to adapt inside the cage. And I don't know if he can yet. We won't know until that happens because he hasn't really been put in any situations where he's had to really adapt. Not that I've seen. And so as the fight goes, as, as he gets closer to that topper group of fighters, 
it will be interesting to see. I mean, how does he deal with like the power of someone like Marlon Rice? You know, the leg kicks. I mean, with those long, skinny legs. Well, we already saw that with leg kicks. What was it? What was the fight he had? I can't say his name. He's from Thailand. He almost beat O'Malley, and if he had fought smarter, would have beat O'Malley and chopped him up with leg kicks. Yeah. Oh, the had, uh, him, had him to where he was on his back. Andre, I can't think of his last name. Sukumath. Yeah, go ahead and say it. Sukumath. <laughs> Sukumath. Sukahamath. Sukahambath. I don't know. Anyways. And that's why I said Andre. Okay. That guy. <laughs> yeah, didn't uh he tore his knee, right? In that leg. Yeah. I thought I thought he tore his he tore his knee in that fight. He did. Tore up yeah, his leg. But I mean you're gonna end up so he's gonna fight Chito Vera coming up next. That's the co main event on the DC card. Then you got someone like Marlon Rice fighting Cody Sanhagen next, I believe is what it says. Yep. And then, you know, I mean, like after he beats, if he beats Chito and you maybe bump him up, if, if Corey wins or if Marlon loses like that kind maybe you haven't fight Marlon, but I mean, that's a, that's a hard fight. Marlon Rice, you got, like, he's good everywhere. Oh, he is good. But you also have Frankie fighting against Pedro coming up on the 22nd. Yeah. So, you, you know, we'll see what happens in that. I think Frankie has a good shot at winning that. Against uh, Pedro? Pedro Munoz. Yeah, I think he's got a good shot as well. It depends on how fast he can get in on the wrestling. It depends on how much he utilizes all the talents that he has. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to try to take Pedro down. Just should. Wrestle him, gr- just grind him out for the submissions. Frankie's one of the, I don't, I don't know, he's one of the hardest guys to fucking to submit because his arms are so sh- damn short. But he name, one, name name someone that submitted him. I really can't. I don't think there <laughs> is. It's the yeah. whole point. Yeah, when I train with him, like if you would kick him back, he has like cat like reflex. He'd like land on his hands in like in a bear crawl position and shoot back forward with big punches. Just hard. I mean, I train with him also too, and he's all a lot younger. <laughs> so a lot younger. Yeah. Uh Both you know, th- this is I mean, I I talked to him probably about, I don't know, two weeks ago, maybe three. And uh, he's like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm going to make my run. This is my run and we'll see what happens. He's like, but you know, this is my, this is my run. So right. I think this might, you know, I'm hoping I want the best for him. And with a win over Pedro, that puts him right in that, that title conversation. And I, I feel like when you guys do things like this and they drop down to 35, he's had the experience of training with Marlon Marais and he understands kind of where he's at. And that's why he's probably doing this. Otherwise he would have probably stayed at 45 and just collected checks or done whatever you know to stay in that area i don't know but he's looking he, good he does he looks lean he looks he looks, he looks really really good, good. looks good so and he's taking time to take the weight off and it's yeah. you can tell that it's been good weight he's taken off so this will be yeah. interesting so let's get into Corey anderson Corey anderson Corey anderson asked for his release from the ufc why well, probably because of the same reason Stipe. No respect. <laughs> no, no respect. <laughs> no respect. Um, yeah, but then he was out here training with DC, and uh, I think Bellator caught wind of it, and I believe he's managed by Ali. I think Corey Anderson's managed by Ali. Might be. Um, and so I think the phone call was made, like, hey, Corey's in town training with DC. Would you guys maybe like to have lunch? And uh, it all turned out, and... I want to just make I want to make sure everyone understands. This is probably I think one of one of the most exciting signings that I would that I am excited about for Bellator 
And the reason being is because you've now got Corey, who is, where's Corey at in the rankings for four. the UFC? He was four. But I think on MMA Junkie. Well, well they, MMA Junkie, I think he was four. In UFC rankings, he might have been five. Okay. I thought he was six at MMA Junkie, and he was four in the UFC. Okay, maybe that's the difference. Okay, so anyways, somewhere in there, that's kind of where they had him. But regardless, what he does with the, with the division that we have, Makes it very exciting. You've got Lyoto Machida, you got Nemkov, you got Bader, you've got Corey Anderson, you've got who Phil else? Davis. Phil Davis. Uh, there's another guy. Who's Phil Davis fighting coming up? He's got a tough fight coming up. Yeah, I know what I'm trying to say. I want to say it's a tough Russian guy. Going crazy. Tough Russian guy? No, maybe not. Oh, then you've got uh, there was another guy. Who's the other guy from? We have another 205 pounder, right? 205 Russian guy. He's fighting Leo Machido. He's fighting Leo Machido. Yeah. Phil Davis is. There you go. Phil yeah. Davis fighting Leo. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, but then we have another tough Russian guy that is in the 205 pound division. Harry Chess, really? shorter guy. Remember, he fought Gerald Harris. Tokov. That's, he's that's 185. Right. He's 85. That's right. You're correct. He's a middleweight. You are correct. And you're right. He's tough. He is tough. <laughs> he is very tough. All right. Super yeah. Tough. So, but anyways, throwing Corey into that mix now, like we're, we're just seeing like, and I've, I've been, I've been trying to keep it on, like, I'm not really on the download, but I've been trying to keep this to myself. The Bellator, you're going to see, I think a change now from what we, what they were doing in the beginning of, of signing guys, you know, regardless, we just, they wanted to get, they wanted to sign as many people as they could and let it kind of weed themselves out. And then you're going to start seeing them step back now and start signing just the best guys they can get their hands on and not just the most random, I think. So I think there was a lot of talk that, you know, they were, there was talk they were going to sign Paige. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Paige has also been talking to bare knuckle fighting and, and moving on to that area or something like that. So, well, that would be a smart move. <laughs> Jeez. I don't even know. But I, I, I don't I don't see them. I don't see I don't see Bellator signing page and her moving on to somewhere else. And so and maybe one. I don't know. There's a lot of tough, tough girls over there in one. Michelle Nicolini, um Angela Lee, you know, and uh what's her name? Fairtex uh Stamp. Fairtex. Stamp Fairtex. You know, there's tough, tough girls over there. I'm not saying that Paige can't beat them. I'm just simply saying that tough, tough girls. A bare knuckle fighting would, you know, a good alternative, but it's up to her. I'm just simply saying, like, I think there's a okay, lot of things. Oh, stop, stop right there. Good just don't, you're trying to be nice. Bare knuckle fighting is not a good alternative. Whatever. It's a bad <laughs> alternative for her. What are you talking about? Okay. Who is, who is, she, who is she beating with her hands? I don't know. Okay. I, my, right. We're getting off, so we're getting off subject. The subject is, <laughs> is that I want to, like, Bellator is going to, I think you're going to start seeing a change now because, you know, you have guys that I think now we have young stars that we can build on. You know, we have the MVP. We've got, you know, Lima's already been a star for a while, but we've got a lot of, a lot of young up and coming guys that I think like uh, Nemkov right now is fighting Bader. I mean, like, even though he's, people are saying like he's relatively unknown, but he's fucking really good, you know? And so we've got guys that we can build the promotion around now. And I think that's kind of what you're going to start seeing a little bit more of. And uh, I was very impressed with some of the guys that fought this weekend. I was very impressed with uh, like the young kid that came out of um, Benson's camp, Mike Mike uh, Hamill. Oh, 
God. Took the good. fight on nine days notice against uh, Adam Boric. I mean, I know they fought. I know they both fought at a higher weight class, but he took the fight on nine day notice against Adam Boric. And Adam Boric is no fucking slouch. Extremely big for the weight. And they fought at 55, basically. He was supposed to be 150, but Mike Hamill took the fight. But it was a great fight. It was so fun to watch. Absolutely amazing. And then uh, Campbell. God, what was Campbell's name? Charlie Campbell. Charlie the Campbell. Campbell. I keep wanting to say Matthew. I don't know why. Matthew Campbell. <laughs> Charlie Campbell. He looked phenomenal against Nainola Dung. So yeah, who's the who grew up as a kickboxer and got his legs chopped up yes. by Charlie Campbell. And so what I'm saying is when you get into the Corey Anderson signing, I think it's such a great addition to that division, period. Just you put him right in that mix with Nemkov and Bader and Phil Davis and Lyoto Machida. And and I'm just like, wow, now I can start seeing it develop. And I'm like, okay, look, now you've got a little bit of name power, you know, with Machida and Phil Davis and Bader. But then you've got the young guys that are kind of coming up and Corey Anderson's got a name as well. And, you know, high up in the rankings and Nemkov being there. And you've got other guys that we know we can throw in there and slide in there that are relatively unknown as well. I'm excited to, for that division now. I mean, before it was okay. We have like, you know, two or three guys that, you know, we, we continue with like, you know, and, uh, but, but I can't, how am I going to leave him out? Liam McGeary. You got him as well. You got, you got guys that are in there. Just different, you know, different, uh, Rafael uh, Cavallo. You've got Melvin Manoff. You know, I think I think he's retiring though as well. Melvin is not someone yeah, to be he's put not, in that list. Yeah, you don't want to put him in that list. But we've got the, now you've got guys that you can build around. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's that's I feels good about that. And I like the see, real I, question I, for I like me them is this. signing big names or the real question guys. for me is this? Yes, is okay. Corey is we'll say ranked fourth in the UFC, fifth in uh, MMA Junkie. Yeah. All right. So then he comes in and he wins his first fight. I bet you he goes down in the rankings. That's what's wrong. Yeah. That's where your problem lies. Yeah. Because the rankings, when you look at them, they're based on sometimes not really who's the best. You know, it's you get, if you got a guy who is in a position where he's winning fights and he goes to a different promotion, all of a sudden now, oh, He's not as good. Yeah. Because, you know, you can take a look at in reverse. Michael Chandler, probably going to be leaving Bellator, right? Yeah. Okay. And what's he ranked? I think it's a good time for him to leave. What's he ranked? Oh, I don't even know. I don't yeah, know if he's in that nothing. ranking. He's probably not even okay. in that ranking. So if he went to the UFC and he wins his first fight, he's going to all, all of a sudden be ranked. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, he was nothing before, but now he's there and he's ranked. Yeah. Come on, your rankings are bullshit. Yeah. John, I don't really want to get into the ranking system. I don't want to get into the, I, I just, I don't want Neither to. do I. I'm sorry. No, no, I just. I just look at it and it's a joke. Yeah, they are. not going off of actual who should belong in that position. It was, here's the thing, though. Back in the day, we understood when it was Strike Force and it was UFC and Strike Force and you had Rising guys, or not Rising, but uh, Pride guys. We understood there, there was. Okay, there's a little obviously there's partialism to, you know, to the guys over and um in the UFC. But when the UFC got rid of the division, then we went to Strike Force, and then you had the Pride had that lightweight tournament. It was it was fair to say that all, a lot of the best lightweights were in Pride at the time because our was, yeah. you know, and so we we understood that. But when they brought the UFC guys back, we still got recognition. The Strike Force guys got recognition. Gil and I were always kind of in that ranking system. Uh, the pride guys were in the ranking system and then pride got bought. 
but it was kind of in that we were always in that ranking system. Maybe we weren't as high up as we wanted to be, but at least we were still considered to be in there. Now it's like just completely like not even in conversation. It's no. not even in the conversation. And here's the thing. And I got to, and I got to, I'm going to be honest is the signing of guys like Corey Anderson is only going to help. It's going to help Bellator bring more, um, not notoriety, just more. What's the word I'm looking for, John? I don't know. I think I think I think I think it brings the credibility. Credibility. There's the word I was yeah. looking for. It brings a little bit more credibility to it. But then when we lose, if we do lose Chandler, I mean, I, I would be nice for me. I would like to see him stay. You know, and um, there's I think there's still fights in there for him to have. You know, what I mean, his fight where he got knocked out by Patricio Pitbull. I'd like to see him run it back. Maybe that one. I'd also like to see him fight Patricio again, his brother. Um, there's those fights that are in there that I would still like to see him do. You know. Um, but it brings a little bit more, like you said, credit. I, th I think it brings more credibility signing someone like Corey and then getting away, just showing that we're trying to get away from just signing the guys that are getting older. Yeah. And I think it brings, it brings like, hey, it makes it easier for us to say, hey, let's just say Bader beats Corey. Well, all right. That means that Bader's in that talking conversation. He should be. And then Nemkov. What if Nemkov beats Bader? And then Bader goes around and beats Corey. Well, that now Bader's beat Corey and now you know Corey Bader's not even the champion anymore and who knows maybe maybe Bader's the champion Nemkov loses and then Nemkov beats Corey or let's say Corey just wipes all of them you know but then that puts us that lets us know as a promotion where we're at you know and where the where the guys are at you know I mean I feel like certain guys will have a hard time and I know Machida's getting older and I know that he's not yes, as fast as he older. was no but, he's not no but the thing is he's still he's still very awkward to fight. Oh, he's hard he's to fight. A pain in the ass to fight. He's always going to be hard to fight. Yes, and so it always brings guys that are wrestlers, and you've seen it in the past. You know they've had hard times with someone like Machida. I'm not saying Corey can't beat him. Bader's Bader has lost to him before, and I'm sure Bader would like yeah. to get that fight back. So you have a, you have a little bit of drama and something to build around. I think now with the signing of Corey, also someone that's coming in from another promotion who is ranked high in that promotion, it makes it exciting and. Uh, as far as the other guys, I mean, the other guys, like, you know, with, with uh, Michael Chandler, where do you go from here? If he leaves, he leaves. I, I got to tell, tell you, he's been pretty much spent his whole, his whole career, you know, in Bellator, a lot of his career in Bellator. He was with Strikeforce first. And uh, I think for one, maybe two, five, I can't remember. But uh, he was, he had fought in Strikeforce and then they had, you know, they didn't pick him up or sign him. And then he went on to fight in Bellator, did well over there. And, uh, you know, I could see him maybe potentially going to one because Eddie's there. And I, I think it'd be smart for him to go there. If he was going to go to another promotion, I think it'd be smart for him to go there because you could you could escalate how much you get paid based on the fact that there's a storyline already developed. It's already there. You don't have to build one up. It's already there. Yeah, you know? they've already and, had two fights. They're one and one, so. Yeah, it's why not finish it there? And I, I think that's, that's a great storyline. You can ask for more money because there is a storyline there. Going to, the, going to the UFC, there's no storyline there. They don't. They're like, ah, whatever. You're just another fucking fifty-five pounder. <laughs> That's pure, it's true. We've they're stacked in fifty-five. There's it's the stacked most stacked division in the world, is one fifty-five. Yeah. And so he's just another. He's just another number, you know. And he may not even be a number to be honest. He might be number eighteen, which is not even on their number list, you know. So when you can go to when you go to one, make pretty good money like Eddie did, 
and have a storyline already developed there. If he was smart, if he was going to leave Bellator, if he's going to leave Bellator, that would be my suggestion was for him to go there. What about the PFL? That is, I, look, I would say yes. The only thing is what? They delayed all their fights until next year. Yes. Correct? Yep. So it depends on him. How long does he want to sit and wait? Are they going to jump right in? And here's the thing with the virus, you don't even know. Next year could turn into June, July. It could turn really? into September next year. I mean, he's not, he's no spring chicken. Chandler's what, 34, 33? 34. Somewhere in there. Can't be wasting these days, man. You need, <laughs> you need to get in there and get after it. I, I would like to, I, I think what would be best for him would be to, to probably go to one, if anything. If he went to UFC, hey, whatever, tip my hat to you, go. But let me, let me just tell you this. He ain't going there. He ain't fighting Connor. He was, I saw a tweet he did today. Oh, like, yeah. oh, I saw that. He's like, I get, I get rid of Connor in two. Or in what, in the first round or two minutes? He said two minutes? No, I think in under two. Was it oh, two in minutes? under two? Under two. Was it two rounds or two minutes? I don't know. Regardless. I didn't read it. You ain't doing either one of them. Okay, as much as I, <laughs> I'm just being honest, I'm not that I'm trying to knock you. I don't think, I don't think that he, I don't think he can get, uh, it's, uh, anyway, it just, Connor has proven that he's got good takedown defense. He's proven it a bunch of times. His re and people wanted to, oh, Khabib took him down. Yeah, Khabib worked really hard to take him down. And Khabib just ragdogs people in that division. And so when you talk about that, and then he, we've, he's already proven he's got knockout power. He's got good kicks to the body. Chandler's proven that leg kicks, he has a hard time sometimes with leg kicks. Uh, with Brent Primus, proved that. And, and he has problems with guys that have length. Yep, and length. Problem with Brent, Brent Primus. Brent Primus as well. So... These are, I mean, there's there's fights to be made. Obviously, I'd like to see him go and fight guys in the UFC, sure. But I think if if you're talking about your life and what is best for you and your lifestyle, whatever lifestyle you're trying to lead, I mean, it would be either stay with Bellator and make what you're making now, maybe a little bit more for me and you, or go into one FC. Those I would say those are your two best options. Yeah, I I would agree. I think it really comes down to ego. He's yeah. going to get paid less to go to the UFC. This is where you and I disagree. I disagree. Oh no. I think he'll get I think I, he'll get paid more for his first contract. Never. Ever. I think he'll get paid more no for his first contract because they want to they want to make an example out of him. They'll pay him more to make an example out of him. But they'll sign They're him to gonna, a, they'll sign him to a short-term deal, like three fights. What he's making right now? Three they'll probably sign him to three fights. They'll probably pay him maybe the same. I think they'll pay him more. They'll pay him a little bit more. To make an example out of him. I've seen it before. I've seen him do it before. Hey, if, I look at it. If he can go to the UFC and make more, go. Do it. I think that's... But I think he can make more Chandler. in one. I think he make more than in one than he can in both those. Okay. So no matter what, it all becomes down to... It comes down to your ego or it comes down to where I can make the most money. So that's the real question. Yeah. Is, the, is the making of money the most important element always in, is in this process Shouldn't or be. or is it well i can make more money over there but i want to fight over there because my ego wants to show people what i can do and to prove myself should so. have done that when you were 29 <laughs> these guys that i'm just being honest man the ufc has done a great job of building young guys now that are 27 28 like in that top tier of guys that are in making title runs at 27 28 29 years old 
Khabib was 27, I think, when he fought for the title or something like that. He's 30 now, 31, maybe 31 now. You know what I mean? Like, he's in that area. That's where they want you to be champion. When you hit 34, these guys, they're in their prime. You? Yeah, maybe he still has a little bit left in the gas tank. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying. You, you go over to the guys in one. One thing they lack is wrestling. One thing Chandler has is wrestling. He's very good wrestling. He's got power as well. Yep. You know, but and he's good at controlling distance most of the time. Yes. But you don't want to stand too much with those guys over there. <laughs> and Eddie found that out as well in one of his fights, you know, and so and Demetrius Johnson has been having a hard time with those guys as well. So he's, he's been having to force to wrestle a little bit more. He's been having to force to use all of his tools and everyone that's sitting at home watching going like, you guys got to be thinking, the 120, the best 125 pounders in the world, they're not in the UFC. No, they're over there. They're they're with yep. they're with DJ. DJ is the best 125 pounder in the world, but then the rest of them are there too. I mean, like I would him him and Henry, him and Henry are in that, but Henry's not at 25. Anymore. Henry Henry's not a 25er, and he's not fighting. To, I would have loved to have seen those guys run it one more time. Oh yeah, God. especially after the one and one. Gosh, man, I'd love to see it. Anyways, um, yeah. So if he leaves, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I wonder. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of guys. I mean, that we have that. You know, you just you wonder. I mean, they gotta have some wins. You know, Matt didn't have a great fight. We talk about Bellator. We'll talk about the card. Matt Mitrione didn't have a good performance. I know the headbutt started it all. Headbutt started it all off where he got Absolutely sat down. Yeah. But you you gotta you, in those positions. You gotta get out of those positions. You can't go. You can't go turtle position. You can't go to your hands and your knees. It's all fours, and then hang out there. You got to start working to either bear crawl real quick or crap, whatever, baby crawl over to the, the fence. Start using that fence as a as a balance point. Yeah, something to like start scraping them off or do something. But there was never that there was never that moment there where he was a sense of urgency to get back to his feet. And it cost him and it cost him dearly. But very rarely has you, know, you take a look at Matt Mitrione as a fighter. He's a stand up fighter. Yeah. He does not like going to the ground, and and usually, not always, but usually when he hits the ground, it's a bad, bad moment, and the fight is definitely getting away from him. It doesn't mean that it's going to end, but he doesn't win on the ground. Yeah, he wins in the stand up position. So you you knew going into that fight with Tim, if Tim can get on top of him, Matt's going to have a hard time. Yep. You know, and it was if you really look at what caused matt to go down it was unintentional it's tim coming in and both of them throwing and matt's chin touched tim's head and it definitely affected matt in a much worse way than it affected tim yeah that was the downfall yeah. of him. yep yeah i mean like and i can speak from experience big john <laughs> when you get head butted and it sits you your butt it, it does make a difference. It, it does make sure a difference does. not only on just on your chin, but it makes a difference on like you almost feel like it's already starting to snowball effect. It's like, oh shit, man, I got to work from here now. Fuck, like, oh, yeah. those are the things that go through fighters' minds. Like, oh shit, I just I got hit, I got dropped, I got sat to my butt. Like, those are the things that are bothering you. Like, I'm already fucking down on the points. Like, I got I get this round back. I can't get this round back. Now I'm the next round. I'm fighting from behind. You know, it's like those are things that go through the athlete's mind the whole time. And then they get to their corner and their corner's like, okay, well, you definitely lost that round because you got dropped, you know, even though it was with a headbutt, still got dropped. 
So there's 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 things that in the fighter's mind that go on. And then the other thing too is Matt Matt what is he? For, he's 42 years old. He's he's getting up, he's up there. there. He's up there in age. Yep. It's easier but to stay up there in heavyweight age with heavyweights. Wise. Yes. Yes. He's Much still easier to be an older guy fighting in heavyweights than it is an older guy fighting in the lighter weights. Well, he's still a lot more athletic than a lot of the heavyweights. He is. But the issue is, is that we saw this time, normally he comes in, he usually comes into his fight around 250. This time he came in at 262 and a half. Yep. Or 0.3 or something. But, you know, so that lets you know that, you know, is he taking training as serious? Is he not, is he doing as much cardio? What's going on? Is he building muscle? We didn't see, I didn't see a whole lot of difference in the muscle category. Like, what is he doing that's different? Why is your weight going up? You know, and I think as a promotion, though, too, with Bellator, you're going to start to see them maybe start looking like, okay, if the performances are not there, we don't want to start signing guys where this is where they come to die. You know, and I think it was one thing when they were trying to get the promotion off the ground under under Coker. But I think you're going to start seeing a little bit less of the signings of other guys unless they're unless they're a little bit more relevant. You know, we'll see. Who knows? Well, you know, there's. There is homegrown talent. It just yes. needs to, it just needs to be brought along, and that that takes time, and that's the problem for you. Yep, yep. He's a little but, bit more exposure, and he's a little bit more time. That's you bring it. up the head, but let's talk about AJ Agazar <laughs> versus Chris Lencioni. And we, I had someone say, "How you say the name is Lencioni. Lencioni. And I'm like, "No, that's the way you guys in Italy might say it." And I agree with you, but. Chris told us it's Lencioni, so that's why we say Lencioni. Okay. But um, what did you think of that whole fight? What did you think was it? Um, What's going on there? Okay, so my well, my honest opinion? Yeah. I have a really hard time dealing with AJ. The, just the um, unprofessionalism, it's it's disgusting on some of the stuff he does. The kicking the fighter like off it was a blatant headbutt. And then after in his interview, he fucking lied about it. I'm just in my mind. I'm like, like, just be like, Hey, I got frustrated. I headbutted him, whatever. I mean, they're not taking points. Now the fight's over. You lost, yep. you know, it's like, we're not taking points. You're nothing's happened. You've already lost the fight. There's nothing more they could do to you. Maybe than fine you. But I mean, like you said, yeah, like I got frustrated. I headbutted him. It was totally fucked up on my part, but he can't do that. He kicked him off of him twice. And the second time, it was I was like, why are you kicking him off him? He sat up. Just you move out of the way. You're in his corner, by the way. Yeah. AJ, AJ was in his corner, in, in Lencioni's corner. You're like, you're standing where I, you're, you're laying on your back, right where I need to be sitting, putting my stool down. So I, I was just like, I understand they had some banter back and forth. And I mean, I understand the frustration. And I, I talked about it a lot on the broadcast. Is that AJ... <clears throat> Is that Lincioni has that way. And and Chael had told me, he's like, he's the guy that's gonna come up, shake your hand. He's gonna train with you. And but he smiles so much, he's so positive, and he's that's why we call him Sunshine. And it's so annoying. He's like, Josh, <laughs> if you ever trained at my gym, you so probably would have been the guy that fucking would love to beat him up. Like you would just want to beat him up every single day. And I can see it in the fight. I see it. I understand. You know, I, I get it. And we saw it with AJ. AJ just couldn't handle it. Once things didn't start going his way and he couldn't yeah. get him out of there, just the frustration and the talking and the, and I've talked about that. Like one of the hardest fights for me ever was KJ Nunes and he wasn't even saying anything bad to me. He was just talking. I was like, shut up. I want to fucking hit you. You know, and that's kind of, I think what goes on, except Lincioni's talking shit like, ah, oh, that didn't hit me. Yeah, you, 
you're a pussy. Like he was talking shit to him that way. It makes it even more frustrating. So I thought I was, I was really irritated with the unsportsman like, you know, conduct as far as the kicking and the headbutting. Um, what did you think of the fight? And then what did you think of the refereeing? Uh, first off the fight itself. I thought, um, I actually enjoyed the fight. I enjoyed watching, you know, Lencioni yeah. get out of bad positions with a guy that you know is a really good yeah. jiu-jitsu stylist and a guy that is very good with his submissions, very good at holding position. Um, I really liked the, the the play between the two and seeing how Lencioni was able to work his way out and then change the whole scope of the fight. Uh, the whole thing with the headbutt, it was absolutely intentional. He meant to do it. He looked at him, raised his head, and brought it down, and it was missed. Well, I think, and, and this is what happens. Mike Beltran was the referee of it, and he should have stopped the fight, mm-hmm. called time, gotten both guys up, taken, because in the, that time, you had AJ had the top position. I have a top position fighter who fouls a guy on the bottom. You're automatically going to lose that position. Yeah. At a minimum, you're going to lose the position. And then be it as a headbutt, I'm, if there's no damage from the headbutt, you're going to get one point. If there's any damage from the head point, you're going to get two points taken. That just has to be because fighters need to know you cannot in any fashion do that type of thing because it's, it's not only dangerous because if you're not guarding against it, you know, a head's hard and it can, it can cut, it can cause a problem and cause a problem in the fight right away. Second off, you know what? It's just dirty because it's, the first rule that you'll see in the in the unified rules is no butting with the head or using the head as a striking instrument in any fashion. Boom. First one. Okay? So you're being disrespectful to you the sure sport. it's not number two? I think it's number two. <laughs> <laughs> so then you look at it and you go, why didn't Mike Beltran stop the fight and do that? And this is where I talk about referees. Mike Beltran has been doing what for the last five months been sitting at home because the UFC has been basically the only, you know, show really working and they're not using him. So he's been sitting at home. He hasn't been in the cage and repetitions in the cage is so important for a referee being in there and doing it because you get a timing with everything. And when something happens and you're kind of out of that timing and you're slow and then you think, did I just see what I, what I think I saw? And then, now a couple more seconds have gone by. You didn't do anything. And now it's like, oh, I can't stop it now. Yeah. Yes, you can. You should have. And he knows that now. And that happens. So there was a there was a couple of things. He had the thing at the end. AJ, Mike has a, a habit of taking guys. And when he does the hands, he brings them together so they can shake hands. Mike looks at it as a thing of respect. Well, AJ didn't want to shake Chris's hand and so AJ's pulling away and then you see Mike actually going grabbing and pulling him back to shake hands and he pulls away again and you go Mike yeah that's your fault you're the one creating that situation doesn't matter what you think is right if that fighter doesn't want to shake hands or acknowledge that fighter there's nothing that says they have to yeah and stop trying to be his dad okay you can't do that so I talked to him about that you know and he got that but it was uh it was a as you would say, and we talk about a lock, a, a total lack and loss of composure. 
he lost composure in that fight. And as soon as you, and and I, a lot of people, are, I've I've seen people saying, well, it's because he works out with Nate and Nick Diaz. He's trying to be like them. You may be able to go there in some way, but Nate and Nick Diaz don't act in that fashion. Not like that. Okay. I've never once seen Nate or Nick Diaz headbutt someone in the middle of the fight. No. Not once. I've never, I've always seen them afterwards. Hey, good fight. Yeah. Okay. Always. And so you're not mimicking the guys that you are trying to emulate. You're not, you're not, you know. Yeah. You're not mimicking what they do at all. You're creating your own persona, and it's a bad one. It's not a good look. It's not going to do you well. It's not going to get you re-signed by people, and it's not going to get you in a position where you can make money if this is what you want to do with your life as a professional. So you need to really look, you know, look internally and take a look and say, okay, what is it that caused me to be in those positions and to do those things? And you need to start fixing those because it's going to lead you down a path. You know, Mike Mazzulli, who is the person in charge of the Mohegan Sun, which regulates those fights for Bellator, he could have taken pay from you. He could have suspended you as a fighter, even though the referee didn't do those things in the cage. He can still do those things. You need to be careful what you're doing. And then the last thing that he did is then he went and said that the judging was wrong. I heard okay. that. And then he went and said, not only was the judging wrong, that Doug Crosby sh- was had a conflict of interest. Recuse himself of being a judge. He should have told him. Should have recused him. Now, he doesn't know that Doug Crosby has given that information to Mike Mazzulli, and Mike looks at it and says, yeah, that's not a problem. I can still put you on that fight. So Doug Crosby, the guy that he, because one of the judges gave the fight to Chris Lencioni, I believe 30-26. Yeah. And AJ Agazarm automatically said, that was Doug Crosby. It wasn't. Doug Crosby was the only one that gave you a round during the fight. He had a 29-28, and you're saying that they need to turn the decision over because of that judge. He's the only one that gave you a round. Man, you, you need to start, instead of looking out at everybody else, start to look inside. Start to look at yourself and figure out where the problems are coming from. And I like AJ. I really do. I think AJ is, he's fun at times. He's got a personality that can be, you know, uh, maybe not, excuse me? Flamboyant. Flamboyant or brazen towards other guys. But, you know, sometimes that we need that in the sport and it's good as long as you can back it up. He was on a three-fight win streak. He had a hard first, you know, fight where you looked at his stand-up and you go, man, you need, you need to train. You need to get away from what you're doing. You got bad habits already in the stand-up and you need to learn. And he's, he's progressing this fight. We both thought was going to be a tough fight for him. We talked about it and he yeah. got frustrated in it. And that frustration led to some really bad decision-making even during the fight. And then even worse decision-making after the fight. Here's the thing. When you have guys like him, right, that are relatively new to the sport. Yeah. You got to be happy that you're there, especially in a big, <laughs> especially like in a big promotion. And when you're doing things like you're doing, you're replaceable. It, like let me just I want to I want to remind people. Jake Shows yeah. was the fucking champion just after I think beating Dan Henderson. Scott Coker yeah. let him go from Strike Force. He's yep. like, "Yeah. You want to go and hang out with Dana White in the UFC? Okay. I'll see you later. You know, I'll let you go." 
You know, he, he, like Scott has no ill will. He's not trying to lock someone down and doesn't want to be there. You know, Michael Chandler right now going through the situation. Like he's not trying to hold him there. He's like, look, I'll put the offer out there if you want it. Cool. If you don't, I can't can't make you. I'm not going to overbid for a, an athlete. Okay. If you want to yeah. do that, I, Scott Coker's never been the bidding war kind of guy. Like, hey, this is what we're willing to pay. You know, we'd love to have you. Like, I'll treat you with respect. You know, and. And uh, you, that's why you see a lot of the old fighters that used to train, or used to compete for him under Strike Force, have come back. You know, want to go back? Yeah, they want to come back. And they after wanna... after being into in a place and, and being, you know, talked about by someone in a way that they don't think is appropriate, they they recognize that hey, it's nice to have a promote, promoter who, if he's going to say something to you, he comes up to your face and says it, and doesn't put it out in the media. Yeah, that's a nice thing. Well, I think he just, I think he, look, he just doesn't want to hold people back. Like if you want to go, go. <laughs> and that's the thing. And they just remember this to all the young fighters that the promotion is going to go on after you're gone. Like the UFC will go on after Dana White's gone. Like oh, people absolutely. need to understand, like you're, you're replaceable. Michael Everybody. Jordan, Michael Jordan left the sport. The time. Michael Jordan left the sport of basketball. Guess what? Somebody else came in. Kobe was there. LeBron was there. Like these guys, all other guys came in and replaced him. Don't think you're any different. Like, oh, MMA. Like GSP is what to me is the goat. But he's he when he's gone, he's gone. Like he's been gone pretty yeah. much. Like we talk about other guys now. We're not talking about GSP. Sure, we talk about moments that he had, you know, against certain guys randomly. But it's gone. Don't go messing up your career by thinking you're irreplaceable. And that's the problem with a lot of the guys. That was one thing that I always just, I loved, excuse me, I'm some, it's, it's well, that's okay. you I don't want to hear while. shit from you because not all of us sleep until 9am. <laughs> this guy sleeps till 9, 10am. I call him at like 10am sometimes. He's like, oh, I'm just waking up. <laughs> let, me wipe my eye, let me wipe my eye boogers. Um, you're, 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 you're replaceable. They're all replaceable. So don't, don't act like that. And this is, I felt like that was this moment here. For him, yeah. he needs to, like you said, he's got to look within. And as far as with Mike Beltran, to me, I think he's the best referee out there. I think I've got him and I've got Herzog. To me, those are the, the top two. I'd probably put Herb next, but I'd put I'd put Beltran. And I think Herzog and Beltran are interchangeable. Obviously, you probably have a different of, difference of opinion because that's Doesn't your, matter. that's like your, uh, you know. Um, that was very company line comment right there. Very good. Job. I like them all. It's just the truth. I like them all. Um, I would put Beltran on the top, but I also think that what we saw the other night was the fact that he isn't busy because the UFC wants him to cut his beard because it, they think it, it attracts more attention to him, which if you think about it, he's had that beard forever for it to be that long. So why it the does. fuck would I cut it now? It's because you guys don't want to use me, but it did. I think it did have something to do with a little bit of the late reaction on the headbutt because things happen so fast. And we just talked about this last week. It, things happen fast. You have to be willing to make the call right away. And that's not just for the fouls, but there's decisions like, you know, that you need, do I bring the doctor in? Do I not bring the doctor in? Do I call the fight? Do I not call the fight? The bell went, the 10 second bell went. Was that the real bell or was that the 10 second bell? Like there's things that happen so fast. And so for him not being active for the last five months and his first fight back, there's a lot of things yep. getting back into the rhythm. And I, I the reason why I'm going to say is, I went through that last week when we did our first show. And I, what did I tell you? Yeah. I felt like it was the fucking very first time I'd ever first called a I've fight before. It. It's like, man, I've been <laughs> doing this for two and a half years now. And I've done it before also. But 
man, it felt like it was the first time. I, this week felt a lot better. I felt like the, our commentary this week was on point. We, we played really well off each other. And I know we do a show together, so it makes it a little easier. But yeah. it, just, it felt like the groove was back, you know, on this show. The first show was, ugh, I felt like I was afraid to fuck up people's names and I was hesitant to say something. Like, anyways. But I, I, th- I think hopefully Bellator can keep Mike Beltran a little bit busier so he can keep in the flow because I think he's an outstanding referee. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't have anything to do with Bellator. It has to do with the Mohegan Sun. Oh, they're the yeah. ones that brought him. They're the ones that, as far as they, they asked him for, you know, his availability, he said he was, and they, they had Bellator fly him out because Bellator is the promotion paying yeah. for that referee. But, you know, it's a matter of this whole thing. It's exactly what you're saying. I tell people all the time, and like at least every eight years, the most powerful man supposedly in the world is the president of the United States. They replace him. Yeah. So if you think that you can't be replaced, you're being really stupid. Everybody can be replaced. And they may replace you with someone that's not as good as you. Doesn't matter. You got replaced. Yeah. So, you know, don't think that you're that special or they need you that much. They can always replace you. And I think that's part of what AJ needs to learn here. You know, he yeah. needs to adapt as a fighter and grow as a person to realize I have to act a certain way. You got to think about it. Like, look at John Jones. Dana's just basically like, all right, if he's retired, he's retired. Yeah. You know, okay. you know what I mean? Like the you can tell the conversation between Conor McGregor and Dana is there. Like, okay, when I when we need you to come back, Conor will come back if he wants to come back. And which and they're very I think they probably talk and communicate. The know. communication between John Jones and Dana, I don't think it's the same. It's like no. he wants to retire. I don't give a fuck. That's how replaceable you are. You have someone who has been the champion, who they consider Dana has basically said he's the GOAT. Okay, which yep. I think GSP is. But it's He's, you know, oh, he, okay, fine. He's retired. Fine. Whatever. That's yeah. how replaceable you are. And here you are. I mean, I don't know. What, what's AJ now? He's what? Three and two? Three and two. You're replaceable, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, when I, when th- things like that happen, I understand. But at the end, like, hey, I lost my cool. Yeah, sure. It's not the, not the performance I wanted. Whatever it is. But just got to handle it differently. Be a little yep. more professional. That's all. Got to be professional. Pull up the rest of the card. People will remember the rest of the, the rest of Bellator card. Bellator card. It's right there. Oh, I'm. Lo- I thought it was like. Right stat- I'm sorry. I thought it was stats. I, I thought I was looking at. I thought I was looking at like their wins and losses from. I have like, it yeah. Doubled up so I can open. Gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, let's see. So we talked about Matt, Miles, Jury, and Carhanian. I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was. I thought too. it was a very competitive fight. I thought. I thought there were moments where uh, Karhanian was doing really well. Mm-hmm. I think there were moments where Miles Jury was getting the best of him. And I think Miles started figuring out the range and making Georgie lunge in more and take more chances. And he was getting caught with little shots, not big ones, but shots when he was making those attacks. And that was really the difference in the fight. But it was a close fight. You know, it could have gone either way. Yeah, I had Miles winning because yep. I think it came down to the third round. I think Miles did, he controlled the positioning and everything like that in the third round. It wasn't like he did a whole lot more than Karhanian, but he was able to control the positioning and, and where the fight was taken. I think that's kind of what they judged it off of. But I mean, like, if, if it went to Karhanian, I wouldn't have been like, oh, fucking robbery. You know, it was one of those fights. It was close. I had Miles slightly winning, 
But if it would have went the other way, I'd have been like, okay, cool. That's the way it goes. You know? Yep. Um, the the uh, Sabah Hamasi. Sabah Hamasi versus Curtis, Curtis Millinder. Millinder. Man, I'll tell you what, I really was impressed with Hamasi, who's a guy that every time I watch him, he just wants to stand and slug. Man, he utilized wrestling to put this fight into positions where he he won the fight off of being the smarter fighter. You know, fight IQ we talk about all the time. And this was, Curtis is not easy to get to in the stand-up. He's tough because he's really long. He's got long levers. And he controls where you're at usually in that cage. So you need to get inside on him. And you need to, if you can get to him, get him down on the ground. He doesn't have a real good submission game. He's working on a Darce choke that, you know, at, at times he kind of gets close to, but still seems to miss it even though... It, you know, he's got those, again, long levers that you look at and you go, that's a guy that that's a great choke for. But Omasi taking the fight, putting it on the ground repeatedly, he got tired. This is where we talk about wrestling in the third round. That was a tired man, you know, yeah. trying to stay in that fight. But he deserved that win. I thought he fought really well. And that was a smart fight by a guy that many times puts it more all out there I'm just going to stand and bang. And sometimes those results don't work out for him. This was a good win, a smart win, and showing that there's growth in him as a fighter. Yeah, Curtis, what he lacked was he didn't show fight IQ. There was no that, sense of urgency at urgency, all. Urgency, thank you. There was That's no sense of urgency. Thing. There was that. And then on top of it, when you said the Darce choke, when he had it, he had it in a couple times. But then when you had, there was a couple times where he was scrambling with it in, he could have just went back to being on top and then kept the position or let go of the position and still been on top. But instead he hung with it. Try to hang with something. And you know Hamasi was able to basically get to the top position. He lost it anyways. You need, that's fight IQ. You need to make sure that you always maintain the top position. And you need to make sure that you're always dictating the pace of the fight. Like have some sort of control with the fight. As soon as his back hit the ground, he just was, just he was fine with resting his head on the ground. I said it oh, there in yeah. the broadcast. I'm like, hey, his head is just laying on the ground. That means like he's either exhausted or he just has no desire to get up. Like we, we talk about with Ben Henderson how he sometimes gets too relaxed. But this dude should have brought a pillow. I was like, <laughs> Curtis, what are you doing, man? I know you're way better than this. You're way better yeah. than this. Yeah. It just got complacent in the fight. And I think he didn't think that the fight was going to go the way it did. But I'm like, this is only three rounds, dude. You, you're giving up minutes, precious minutes in this round. And next year, the round's over, and the fight was over, and you you lost. Boy, by the second round, if you were listening to his his coach, Ben yeah. Jones, who's a good coach, I really like Ben. You know, he looks at him, he says, you know, you need to focus. You need to get your, I don't know what you're thinking, but you're being lazy. Stop like, feeling sorry for your fucking self. That's what he told him. sorry for your fucking self. There you go. And yeah. it's like, yeah, he's telling him the right things because he just, there was no, as the best word you said, urgency. Yeah. None in that fight. It was like, oh, if he takes me down, eventually, you know, the round's yeah. going to end and, and I'll get back to my feet. And it's like, yeah. And after the second round, the same thing happened. What are you thinking? Yeah. Let's, You're running out of time. But let's give Hamasi credit, though. In the first round, it, it was I kind of. I a, did. It was kind of a closer round. It, you did. But like, it, what I'm saying is, it was kind of a closer round, but I want to give him credit as far as the fight IQ. He adapted and said, hey, if I can get this easy takedown and I can win this fight doing it this way, 
he did it. Yep. You know, and I thought that I thought it was a brilliant way to fight. You know, he made himself a little tired, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but it, but it was good. Also, too, it showed that he was willing to adapt. It also showed that he has a bunch of other tools if he needs to. And uh, I liked a lot of stuff that he did. He's got some nasty ground up pound, by the way. I mean, he yeah. was posturing up, landing some heavy ground up pound, and uh, and Curtis felt it. That's why was another reason I was telling Curtis. I was thinking, dude, you got to keep your head off the the fence, off the off the canvas. You know, you got to have a little bit of give head up off the canvas so your head doesn't just. It's smashed, smashed between the knuckles and the hand and the canvas, but I thought it was a good fight as well. Um, what other fights are on there? Our last one, main event. Yeah, you don't want to talk about Chandler. <laughs> I just, I mean, realistically, like it's just one of those things. I thought Ben did what he needed to do. He came was out, doing. he looked yeah. good, was doing what he needed to do to get the win. Had it stayed the course, I think he would have had a little bit more success. Either way, it would have been a tough fight. A, t- a tough fight for him in a three-round fight. It's hard for Ben. He's just—he's been—he's fought so many five-round fights in his career. He's a slow starter. You were frozen. Oh, I was frozen. You got me. There showing? you go. Can you hear there me? You I can hear you. I, we've seen you the whole time. You've been moving the whole time. I was just frozen. Oh yeah, you were frozen. So my my take on it is that Ben didn't do anything wrong. Chandler did something right. Chandler, what he did was he he switched up his game plan. He switched his stance and threw combinations from different angles. And Ben didn't make the adjustment. And that's that, that's he Ben did what he was his game plan was. His game plan was to come out, kick to the body, throw the knees to the body, which he didn't do, but he gave the kicks to the body right off the bat. And every time Chandler would throw, he would try to throw something back. That's exactly what he needed to do to make sure that Chandler didn't run away with the round. But yep. in the process, Chandler made the adjustment of, okay, when you kick me to the body, I'm going to switch to a southpaw stance, which takes away that body kick now, and now I'm going to throw my straight left. Ben wasn't prepared for that. I don't think a lot of people would have been prepared for that. No, I think I think Benson looked at the first fight and basically said, all right, he won the early rounds and I win the late rounds. So he got really tired. And so I'm going to push him in this fight to make that element happen sooner and the way to do that is through body shots and he was attacking the body really well you know he was hitting the, the kicks to the body even the punches to the body he was attacking Chandler's body and it was working for him but as you said it was when Chandler switched his stance Benson didn't account for the angle that he was at and he was getting himself out of position and when you get out of position, you can get hit by shots that hurt you, and that's what happened. Yeah, weird. It was what was weird is it was a left hand that puts him down, and he and he drops down, drops down to, to a knee, and on his hands. But it was the right hand that swung and it hit him in the top of the head, and that put him out because mm-hmm. that you know at that time he did what you know we say hey, he was face down, ass up. You know the last shots that he got hit with before Dan was able to get into him. You know it's not that. He, Mike did anything wrong, but none of those affected the fight as yeah. far as they weren't needed. It was really weird that that right hand, in fact, when we were doing the the replay and I'm looking, I'm saying, because I, I see him go down and I thought that right hand hit hard. And then when you see it bounce basically off the top of his head, it's a weird place mm. for someone to get hit and it to freeze them the way it did. The straight left? No, the right hand, the right after hand. the straight left drops him, Yes, he swings the right hand and it hits him right in the top of the head, basically 
glances off of it, but that's the one that put him unconscious. Yeah, it was like right on that soft spot when you're a baby. You have that soft spot on the top of your head. The fontanelle. Yeah, that's there's another big word for me. <laughs> I think that thing closes up. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I mean, you know, there's that little indention on it, pretty much a lot of people's heads. It's there. So, I mean, I, I that's looked like exactly where he hit him. And then he just, his face just dropped and it was done. Yeah. I talked to him afterwards and I, I, I walked Ben through it. And I was like, you know, I said, what he did was he switched stance and hit you with the left. And what's crazy is that the left hand actually grazed off of Ben's shoulder right into his chin. So it wasn't yeah. even like a clean shot to the chin. He still grazed the shoulder. And I, I mean, that's the kind of power that Michael Chandler has. That's pretty good power with left hand though. Left hand. That was yeah. pretty impressive. I got, I mean, like there's things that I, that my, I look to myself. I'm like, man, cause I trained for Michael twice and we never fought, but there was a lot of like, man, he's so open in so many areas, but he makes up for it with his athleticism. You know, he may, he can, he can get away with things that not a lot of guys can get away with because he is so athletic. Um, you know, and he's got such a low base and in good wrestling and he's got power and you know he's fallen in love with his power lately but it works for him right now you know but his wrestling it helps set up his wrestling and his wrestling helps set up his set sets up his power so i don't know it'll be interesting to see what the scott what the future holds for both of them to be honest um yeah so where do you go with benson what do you think because now benson was i want to say on like about a three or a four fight win streak yeah i want to say four fight win streak four yeah yeah and now I think uh, got this loss. Yeah, I think I, this is what I like to see Bellator do with that division. I'd like to see Adam Piccolotti fight Miles Jury. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a great fight. And then I think, think he just announced one though. What I think Adam just announced this fight? No, I don't think he did. I think he's fighting. Uh, I think the, uh, did he didn't he already fight Sydney Outlaw, or is that fight happening? You Sydney no, Outlaw. Adam, oh, it is Sydney Outlaw yeah. then. So he's fighting. Sydney Adam Outlaw. is fighting coming up next week, I believe. 21st is it 21st is it, that's yeah. two weeks that's he, two said, weeks. he said two yeah. weeks two weeks so two sydney weeks. outlaw so i guess he's fighting sydney outlaw so after that fight we'll see kind of where it's at but i think adams belongs in that in that tier of guys in that conversation you know from uh from miles jury benson i mean chandler I mean, he's got to get in that patricky Patri i'd like to see him fight patricky you know that'd be a good fight a hard fight for both of them you know what i mean uh but like he's, he's got to get I'd past like outlaw. to see I think they should put Patricky and Primus together. I would like yeah. to see that fight. Because I know they were talking about, you know, Queely. You know, Queely being that he's in Ireland, I don't know that, you know, they're going to be able to put that match up together. So, and yeah. if you can put Patricky and uh, Primus, that's a good fight. Yeah, but we got to get Patricky from Brazil. Yeah, true. So that's another situation. So, But he's in Arizona a lot. Yeah, he is. But I don't think he's there now. But yeah, I get I get what you're saying. I, get, I understand the Queeley and the Patricky fight. That'd be great. Um, you also have another guy out there called Ryan Scope, who's out there Ryan in the Scope. UK. He's another guy you can use. Um, Tim Wild can use him as well uh, from the UK. There's guys Which that are Yamuchi. Yamuchi's always fucking Dude, game. He's so got a win over. He's got a win over Adam Piccolotti. Yep. You know that's got a win over Piccolotti. He's got a win over uh, Sayeda Wad. He's got a lot of big wins. So. Yeah, he's good. And Carl talking Heinen. about a guy that does not care about going on the ground on his back. It's like, oh yeah, bring it here, and, and then he gets the wins. Carl Heinen had a good performance; it just wasn't enough to get the win in the judges' eyes. 
But yeah, I mean, he hit, looked good at 155. And him at 155. I really liked him at 155. I like him better at 55 as well. Yeah. I agree. Um, who else? Who else was on that card? Uh, you know, the, the, the one guy I want to bring up, uh, there, you had Valerie Lareda had a very nice performance. Ah, yes. You know, against uh, Tara Graf. Valerie's tough. I'll give her credit. You know, a lot of people are going to sit there and they're going to criticize because she does the girly thing and takes pictures and things like that. I know. Hey, you know, she's a girl and she likes, you know, being like that. That's okay. You know, she can do that and she's fight young. too. She's she, young. You should not you know, dismiss her or downplay her for that. That's just her personality. If your personality is different, great. You know, do what do what makes you happy. But I thought she had a really good performance. That was a big right hand. She landed, went after her and fought a really smart fight. Made someone fight the way she wanted the fight to be. Used her movement, used all that, and then came in with her attacks. Looked really good. But the guy that, if you're going to look at and say, hey, uh, on the Bellator roster, there's the kid Dalton Rasta. Yeah. I moved down to 185, and he's a stud, dude. That guy's he's got it. He's gonna be good. Yeah. He just needs a couple of more fights. I want to it's gonna be interesting to see who they put him against next. But that kid's a stud. Valerie Lareda, let me give you guys. She's 22 years old, and I'll explain to you. <laughs> she came over to the cage and started talking to John and I about TikTok. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Jesus. Like, John and I have no idea what the lost. fuck about TikTok. We're like, we're like TikTok? I was like, are you looking for a clock? <laughs> I was like, what? I had no idea. I was like, uh. so anyways, yeah. I mean, she had a good performance, good footwork. She has, she has amazing footwork. Um, the competition could get a little steeper now, you know, um, yeah, but she did, she did some good be. stuff. She, what I was impressed with though, because she got the overhand, right? Sure. Great knockout. Awesome knockout. But what I liked though, is that she was throwing her hands throughout the fight. And they were fast. They were like speed, two or three punches, and out in a way. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot. She wasn't just always leading with the kicks. The punches set up her kicks, and her kicks set up her punches. And every time uh, her opponent would jump in, she would land the punches, and she would get out. And so uh, Graf, what she tried to do is she just kept trying to, after a while, she got sick of it and just kept lunging in, trying to grab her by the body. And then that's ultimately what led to the, the overhand right. As far as Rasta, man, he's just good. He's going to be good. He's, he's built like a fucking brick shit house. Dude, Jesus, thank you. Man. That's my thing. You said he was a Greek god. I say he's the brick yeah. shit house. <laughs> he did. He had a great that performance. Uh, Charlie Campbell also had a great performance against Nainona Dung. Uh, Grant Neal, dominant, good performance as well against. Uh, but should have gotten rid of that man. He should have gotten rid of him. Yeah, it was a little he bit more like when, relaxing. Yeah. He needs to know when to step on the gas and go out. Yep. But he's you know. looking good. And then Adam Borix, of course, with Mike Hamill. Got to tell you, to me, that was probably the best fight of the night. And then the best part about Mike Hamill is you see the sunglasses he put on so yes. he looked like... Uh, Ra Macho Man it? Randy Savage. No, not Macho <laughs> Man. It was... Uh, what's, the, what's the dude? Uh, Eastbound and Down, man. <laughs> I don't know. What's Danny... Uh, the comedian. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. I'll have to check it out. So he had the mullet, man. Same look, same glasses. He was going eastbound and down. I went right to Macho Man Randy Savage. That's yeah. what I went to. <laughs> Different hair. Let's see. I want Macho to see this Danny McBride. Macho Man had guy. long hair, not a mullet. Yeah, yeah, I can see a little bit. I can see that. Pineapple McBride. Express. I think Pineapple Express. Movie. Pineapple Express, too. All kinds of movies. He looks a little bit like podcast. Tropic, tropical Thunder. And no way she performed. Her That's like exactly how you look. Bro, I don't know if you understand. Were you pulled the one with the goatee there? 
like the full goatee with a little scruff on the sides. Where? Right there on the bottom, on the bottom right. No, yeah, yeah. That's exactly how you look right now. Mm, Back to the front. Yeah, your hair. I'm so upset I don't get to see this. Sorry, your hair's a little shorter. It's Josh's fault, by the way. Just so you know. (laughs) No one likes Uh, most. Most things are Josh's fault, but you know we just he has a he has a he has a laptop. What is he complaining about? Yeah, we won't get into it. Okay. I don't want to embarrass you. <laughs> embarrass you. Oh, the last thing I want to say yes. you know, before we go off is Conor McGregor, I guess, is announcing his engagement to his um, longtime girlfriend and mother of his kids, D. Devlin. So congratulations to both of them. Yes, yes. I um, I thought they were already engaged. That was I don't think so. I think yeah. just boyfriend, girlfriend. For yeah. That's good. Anyways, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're getting married. Two little ones, right? They have two now. Got two. They have two. Oh, John Cavanaugh, his coach. John, uh, oh yeah, John Cavanaugh had a baby boy. Yep, yep, yep. Congratulations yep. to him and his wife. That's exactly. Outstanding. He said he's already a hundred seventy pounder. <laughs> He'll be a hundred seventy pounder. <laughs> um, is that it? We good? I think we're good. All right, my man. Well, hey, if you guys, uh, please go to prowrestlingtees.com. Go to weighing in. Check out our t-shirts. We have them in a bunch of different colors. We have like sand color, red color, blue corner. Uh, I want you guys to understand the colors of red and blue is because John is one color. Josh is the other color. So if you guys want to favor John, like I know you guys will, then I understand. I get it. Okay. Um, we also have the it's army green color. helping the elderly. Yes. Helping the elderly. <laughs> um, but we also have a new promo code. 20% off for blue versus red. That's the promo Ooh, code. Blue the versus the red. code's underdog. Oh, underdog. Oh, my bad. Okay, oh, so it's underdog. Oh, my God. Giving out bad information. What is up? That's Podcast Dave. Podcast Can't give Dave. out bad information. Even though it is highlighted right in front of me. <laughs> oh, I'll take the nod on that. It was me. He, he highlighted the whole thing, so I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't just the underdog code, okay? Uh, but, yeah, please go there. Check it out. Pick up a T-shirt. We've got a bunch of, we've got a bunch of uh, designs on there. We've got the Karate Kid one. We've also got the, our, our logo as well. We've got our throwback logo, the original one we started with. Um, John's wearing that right now. And oh, podcast Dave is wearing as well. Mine, mine shrunk to the point where it's a little snug on me. That's because you buy a boy's medium. Yeah, I'm also putting on a little bit of weight. (laughs) I'm a little thick right now. (laughs) Uh, I got that quarantine weight. Uh, but yo, you guys, please go to your YouTube channel, hit the thumbs up that shares our videos. You guys have been doing a wonderful job. I believe we're at 60,000 subscribers now. That's awesome and amazing, much. and we want to thank you guys for that. Um, that's everything, I believe. YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, all those things, iTunes. Please check those out. Hit the subscribe there as well. We want to try to get our subscribers up on the audio platforms as well. And uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us. Hit us up in the comment section. Let us know. John and I are going to start doing this little thing. Um, yeah, tell them. Basically, we're going to talk about. We're going to pick one or two, one positive, one negative comment from the section. John will do two, and I will do two. And we were going to answer your guys' comments. Something that you guys say to us in the comment section, we're going to answer whatever it is you guys talk about. Like sometimes we hear you guys say, oh, we should have done this. And I'll explain to you um, why I didn't say that or why I did say that. Maybe we have some behind the scenes stuff and maybe we didn't. Or maybe we will we will give credit to someone who uh, said something positive. But it's very rare in the YouTube comment section. But, <laughs> but we will. We will uh, talk about the uh, being positive because right now in this day and age that's what we need a little bit more positivity it's all about positivity so thank you guys for tuning in hit the subscribe buttons and thanks again we'll talk to you soon